It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Obi's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And it was a sad night for the Yankees, a, real, a tough loss. They, 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 their season ends, their 2021 season ends in the AL wildcard game. They lose 6-2 to the Red Sox last night. And obviously the biggest story was Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was absolutely terrible. You're getting paid $30 million a year. You cannot have that start. That is just flat out inexcusable. An absolutely terrible performance got by Garrett Cole. And as Yankee fans, you're... <laughs> I didn't want to say yesterday when I was on the roll call, I saw it coming because he pitched well against the Red Sox in his previous start uh, when he pitched at Fenway Park a couple uh, about a couple weeks ago. But you saw when he came back against the Indians, he didn't pitch well. You saw when he pitched against the Blue Jays, he didn't pitch well. In September, Garrett Cole just didn't pitch well, and that carried over to last night, and he was absolutely terrible after that bad home run he gave up to Xander Bogarts, that two-run home run in the first. Uh, then, then uh, obviously, he gives up the home run to – to uh, Schwarber. to Schwarber in the third, he doesn't get out of the third inning. He gets he gets pulled there, and it just was a really rough night for the Yankees. It, it all started when you thought the Yankees were going to go up one nothing. John Carlos Stan hit that ball right, and it hit right off the green monster, and that just set the tone for the entire night. As the Red Sox, uh, Nathan Evaldi, the Red Sox won. Nathan Evaldi was outstanding. He was great last night. I mean, the Yankees actually got a break in the sixth inning. I was like, when yeah. it was when when they pulled when when Judge had the infield hit and they pulled. Avaldi, I'm like, what was Cora doing? But of course, Stan gets another huge hit, and then Phil Nevin just bails him out. There is no reason at all Judge should have been sent there. Absolutely not. That destroyed that rally. Then, uh, and, and of course, Joey Gallo gets out. He pops out. What a massive disappointment he was since, since we picked him up. And the only good moments for Joey Gallo is when I was at the game. We hit those two, where he, where he hit a couple mm. big home runs. That's it. Joey Gallo was 
not productive for the Yankees at all since they picked him up from the trade deadline. And just a brutal loss. I mean, the Red Sox, they hit the ball better. Evaldi completely outpitched Garrett Cole, and they deserve to win, and they deserve to advance. Justin, your thoughts on last night? Yeah, it was a tough one. Um, and, yeah, you know, again, that first inning kind of turned two outs, you know, Yankees have a first stand, that ball could have been one up. And then you think about the two-out walk to Devers, and Bogarts comes up, that you know, hits a two-run bomb, and, you know, you had two outs, nobody on, and, you know, hoping to get out of that inning, you know, no score, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, couldn't. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And I wonder, too, because Cole, I know he went, you know, six innings. I know he kind of got hit a little bit in that sixth inning, but I wonder if his hamstring's still bugging him because his command since coming back, and I know, hasn't been great. So I wonder if that's still a factor. Yeah. I'm not, you know. I, I didn't really see that much of that game where he pitched against the Red Sox in the, in the, when they won that game eight to three. How was he that night? Was it, was it the same? Did he still have the same issues? The Red Sox just didn't capitalize against him that night? Yeah, he showed him down for the most part. It was like the second, third time around, they kind of started to get to him. Um, I can go back to the strikeout number because, you know, because um, I think it too, it really helped the Yankees to go up 3 nothing. Yeah. And he kind of was just kind of on cruise control. So I think he, you know, cause he had three walks too that night, which is rare. He had only six strikeouts. So I think the Red Sox did a hit. I think the Red Sox had a bunch of line drives, but just kind of right at people. Like I, they, I think they did hit him pretty hard. Um, but he was kind of, I think, he, you know, he had some fortune there until like the, you know, fifth, sixth inning and they started to get to him. But the big thing was he just didn't pitch well in September. That was the biggest thing. No. And, and when you got it, when you're paying an ace that much money, you would, he has to show up and he did not show up at all last night. And the thing that I'm thinking about when he gets pulled, I'm thinking, even if the Yankees come back and win this game, they're going to have a really hard time beating the Rays if, if, Cole, if, if Cole pitches this way. And, and listen, last night, the Yankees deserve, they, they deserve to have, they deserve they deserve to have their season end last night. I mean, that the offense outside of Judge and Stan were absolutely terrible, terrible. I mean, Glaber Torres was awful. Joey Gallo was pathetic. Uh, I know Rizzo. I'll give it. I'll give it to Rizzo. He did it the home run. So I'll give Rizzo, Judge, and, and Stanton. The offense was absolutely terrible. I mean, Gardner, thank you for all the years, but you got to go. I mean, the, the the one mistake Boom made last night was the fact that Gosh Yoga had a bat in his hands in the fifth mm. inning. He should have been out of that game in the fifth inning. But even Sanchez. I mean, Joe's got to stop saying he's the best catcher in baseball. He had a decent year. I'll give him that. But he's not on Salvatore Perez's level, that's for sure. Uh, because he's, ever since Aaron Boone has taken over, he just has not been a great player at all. Jerry Urshela underperformed this year. And even though D.J. LeMay, was, he, wasn't, he was awful last night. And even though D.J. LeMay was hurt, he underperformed this year. So I'm, 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 what is, uh, I got a comment from uh, – from Sanders, uh, from Xander, underperformed, overperformed, underperformed. The Yankees just underperformed yeah. all season long, and, and and that was the story. The reason the Yankees did not win 100 games is because their offense just outside of Judge and Stanton, their offense was not good. This this was this was a team that finished 23rd and run scored, and that team showed up last night. Yeah, they did. You know, it's definitely an underperformed. You know, this was a team that was supposed to win the American League by a long shot. You know, they were the big favorites. You win 91 games. And look, the, you know, give all the credit to Rays. They won 100 games. You know, they, they deserve to win that division. They deserve to be the one seed right now. But it, it's unacceptable. You know, this lineup this year was just, it, it was okay at best. And, you know, like, yeah, Judge and Stan were about it. Like, the, the scary thing is, it's Lemieux's got five years left. And he's not really a hitter oh. that we thought was. Oh. 
because you oh. you know the type of hitter he is, you didn't think that you know age would really catch up to him because the way and, you know. Yeah, and we got we got play. a comment from from Xander eleven and eight against the O's is what, is what killed us. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's the reason why we weren't hosting that game. And I mean, you look back at series you know early in the season, we lost two out of three to them in April, lost two out of three to them in September, which was absolutely inexcusable. Yeah, that 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 really really hurt us. And, and yeah, as we were talking about Lemayu. Five years left on that contract, but I, I'm not looking forward to it. You know, hitting under 300 with only five, with only 10 home runs, I'm not looking forward to that contract. No, I'm not either. But yeah, the eight, yeah, you, you know, you lose the eight, Orioles eight times. You don't deserve the in playoff. That that's got to be the most the Orioles have been a team this year. That has to be. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. Absolutely. You don't deserve being in the playoffs. You, you really no. don't. You no. so you win about what like six of those. You know, it, yeah. You, you know, you're hosting a wild card, and then you you know. You blew what five or six big leagues in the ninth inning. You know, you blew that eighth inning game to the Red Sox. You gave up five runs. You know, Herman has a no hitter, but you and, know, and, and, back and great, great comment by Xander. Raised my eighteen and one against yeah. the O's. Yeah, the Rays beat the teams they had to beat. They beat they beat the O. They beat the O's. They were very good in the AL East. I mean, you look at the Yankees. This team had a high ceiling if they if they you know if they beat the Red Sox last night because of their success against the White Sox and the Astros. They did really good against the White Sox and Astros. The problem is they didn't. They were not good at all in the AL East. Not good at all. They weren't good against. They weren't. They had a losing record against the Red Sox. Losing record against the Rays. Losing record against the Blue Jays. And let's say when you're 11 and 8 against the Orioles, you could almost consider that a losing record against yeah. the Orioles. No, absolutely. Yeah, they and the Yankees usually take care of business in the AL East. They, you know, that's kind of been one of their things, but. Yeah, this year for whatever reason. Now, part of it is the Rays have caught up to them. The Rays have figured out what the Yankees cannot do very well, you know, with all the right-handed pitchers that they got that throw 100. It had really stifled the Yankees the last year. So the Rays have kind of figured them out, you know. The Red Sox, again, like, you know, you won seven, the last seven games going up until last night. Like, you started to kind of have their number. Um, but, yeah, last night, Evaldi – has pitched well besides that Friday night game where his splitter just was just was just hanging over the plate and the Yankees kind of were able to take advantage of everything. And yeah. And then going back to the underperformed or overperformed and, you know, you think about it too, Girardi. And I know there was a bunch of other issues. Girardi got fired too. And that team was an overachiever, you know, to get right, Girardi, Girardi should have never, Girardi should have never been fired. That was one of the biggest mistakes Brian Cashman yeah. ever made was firing Joe Girardi. That was a terrible move. Because it's obvious that Joe Girardi is cl- clearly a better manager than Aaron Boone. And, and yes, I don't blame Boone for last night. What I blame Boone for is the way the team underperformed, especially the first four months of the season. And you can't just get rid of all the players. As we said all year, we've, we've talked about the Yankees all year, you can't get rid of all the players. you got to change the manager if, if, if the team is underperforming. And that's why I think Aaron Boone should be fired. Yeah, absolutely. He should. You know, it, 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 you know, it was um, totally underperformed. And, and then it's like, you know, the mentality too is just I just I don't like the nice guy act every night. You know, it just it doesn't work. And this team needed somebody too that was going to kind of get in their face after a losing streak. And Boone's not that guy. Obviously, Girardi is the right guy. I actually work with a guy who's a Phillies fan. He wants to get rid of Girardi. So you know, stop it, stop it, weekly. stop it, stop it. That's they don't like your, him. your team. Your team hasn't made the playoffs in ten years. Okay, your team they has been like garbage him, so. for a decade. I don't know why you don't. You're just trying to blame anything. Stop, stop with that. Girardi's a really good manager. I know it. You know they had a chance. They kind of blew it into Braves last week, but um. So I just you know, I think this whole kind of staff needs to you know like Nevin. I don't know if you saw this set too. The Yankees got thrown out the most times to play twenty two times. They were tied with the Royals for the most in baseball. So. Nevin and Boone gone, gone. 
At least Nevin. Yeah. I want Nevin gone. That was terrible last night. That is inexcusable. That you can't get thrown out with one out in, in the sixth inning when you're down by two runs by ten feet. And it was it was out by a mile. It was out by ten yeah. feet. That's inexcusable. He he's got he's got to be fired. He's got Bill yeah. Nevin. Get rid of him immediately. I want him gone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I wouldn't even mind having Marcus Timms gone too. I, I and I don't, I don't Timms, blame yes. it all on the hitting coach. Yeah, Marcus Tim, like, Marcus Timms. Yes, get him out of here too. It all starts at the top. George George would come visit oh, the pitcher yeah. before a big game like this, and no one on the Yanks front office would hold. No, no, no. That's a perfect comment. A perfect comment, and that showed you why the Yankees right now are not a top organization. They're not the Rays. They're not the Astros. They're not the Dodgers. They're not that top tier organization anymore. And it starts with the front office. They accept this. I guarantee you they're going to get Boone a new contract because of that 13-game winning streak he had in August. They, because they love, they're going to fall in love with that 13-game winning streak, and they're going to give Aaron Boone a new contract and, and still think, you know, winning 92 games when you're supposed to win the American – winning 92 games, losing in the wild card game is, is acceptable. That's the problem. The front office just ex- accepts, you know, that this team – you know, doesn't come close to getting to a World Series, and it's just been it's if George was if George was if this was George of the of the eighties, the early eighties, Aaron Boone would have been fired after year one. If George, if, this, if George was around, Aaron Boone would be fired by now. He would be he would have been fired right after the game. The, he would have been fired. The, the problem is, it's just the expectation. They they are content being a second tier organization. They're not content. They don't they. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not are even close to the best organization in baseball. I'll take the Rays. I'll take the Astros. I'll take I'll take the Dodgers. I'll take the Cardinals. I'll take those organizations any day of the week over the Yankees right now. It's it's just it, it, being second tier, losing in the in the division, in the in the ALDS, losing in the wild card game, losing the ALCS. That's became accepted. As long as we make the playoffs, we're OK. That's 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 the standard they've set. And if they don't fire Aaron Boone, it's obvious that's a standard they've set. Oh, absolutely. I 100 percent agree with you because, you know, the Red Sox now have knocked you out three times since 04. So pretty much since 03, they've kind of owned you. It, it, they've turned this whole thing around. It's lopsided. The Boston's dominated this rivalry since 03. And, you know, it's. And if this organization, yeah, does not. If they bring back Boone, like, again, you saw at the beginning, right when they started, you know, really allowing fans back. Fans weren't interested. Again, everybody wants Boone out. What is this telling the rest of the fan? It's it's exactly telling the fan base that we're okay winning ninety two games and they knocked out by our tribal Boston or Tampa Bay. That's what it's telling us. And yeah, that that should not stand in the New York Yankees. It, it Steinbrenner George has to be turned over in his grave if, if Boone comes back. That it's it's that's what it is. It's just yeah, it's. We're okay with mediocrity. And I know 92 wins is pretty good for most teams, but for the Yankees, it's unacceptable. It really is. And I, yeah, know, the Yankees, uh, have, the Yankees have kind of turned into the Cowboys of, 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 yeah. of, of Major League Baseball. They're the Cowboys. The Cowboys aren't uh, – just, just, everybody says the Cowboys have all these Super Bowl expectations and everything. They don't. Jerry Jones is okay with losing in the divisional round. Not, he's been the GM for 25 years and hasn't got to the, and got to the conference championship game. Their standard is not to win a Super Bowl. All they all they want to do is win divisions. They talk about winning the Super Bowl, but that but they're okay with you know not win, losing the divisional round. They're they're fine with their ceiling being in the divisional round. The Yankees are fine with their ceiling at best being you know being in the ALCS. They're they're fine with that. They're, they they don't care about not winning World Series. George Steinbrenner, you know, I know those expect the expectations were always high when Steinbrenner was around, but it used to be World Series or bust. To me, this front office does not yeah. you know run this team like it's World Series or bust at all. 
No, absolutely not. It's it's sad. And I know he wants no part. And I know Hal doesn't want to be George, but he's got to get a little bit of George Steinbrenner in him. He has to. I'm like, because they're not the only owner. I know he's got other like shareholders or whatever you want to call them, you know, that, you know, do own a stake in the team. They can't be too happy either. You know, you do have a little piece of the share. And it's like, why aren't we winning here? Again, Tampa Bay, $60 million payroll. And, you know, they've been the better team the last few years than you. And, you know, you're still up there at $207 million and you still cannot figure them out and not find a way to knock them off. It's it's embarrassing. It, it really is. And and I don't know if you saw Boone's comments last night about the rest of the league gets caught up to us. Dude, can somebody oh, please know it's not 2003 oh, anymore? Oh, God. The rest of the league's caught up to us. The rest of the league yeah. caught up to you in 2002. The, the, yeah. the rest of the league caught up to you in 2002. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. It just uh, that is that was a Doesn't horrible end. answer, but it made no sense. The, I mean, by, by 03 and 04, the Red Sox were there, and after that, you've, you you haven't been dominant. Yeah, you won a championship in 2009, but anybody could win a ch- one championship out of nowhere. Anybody could win a, win a champ one championship, but you, you stop it with that comment was horrible from Aaron Boone last night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then, of course, Hal, Hal, Hal said he doesn't want to be an, an, an a hole like his father was. Hey, which I get, but being stupid. Hey, stupid being an a-hole won us a champion. Yeah, I mean, Joe, George Steinbrenner, you know, he, he yeah, he, he demanded championships. This yeah. organization doesn't demand this. Yeah. I'm telling you, if this was if this was the Rays, this was this was the Dodgers, this was this was the Astros, they would fire Aaron Boone immediately. If they had this disappointing of a season, they would fire Aaron Boone immediately. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, five, six years ago when the Dodgers got – Don Mattingly got the Dodgers to the playoffs three years in a row – they couldn't get over that hump, couldn't get to the World Series. See ya, goodbye. We're getting rid of you. We're getting Dave Roberts in there. The Yankees don't operate that way. They don't operate that way. They, I mean, they, 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 everybody says, oh, the Yankees fire, man, fire managers a lot. No, they've only had three managers in my lifetime. Uh, Joe Torre, Joe Girardi, and Aaron Boone. And, and, and Girardi lasted 10 years. Uh, they, they probably, the funny thing with Girardi is they probably should have fired him before that 2017 season. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to fire him in the 2017 season. And yeah. uh, another comment from Hector. Boone does need to go. Mm. Billy Martin was fired after one season. For one. It's a totally different, cir- yeah, totally different circumstance. Mm. But, 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 yeah, the old George Steinbrenner would not. Oh, yeah. would, oh, I mean, he would have been fired in the middle. I mean, he would have been fired. He would. He wouldn't even got past eighteen. Okay. The old George Steinbrenner. But this, 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 this yeah. It, there's no way Aaron Boone should be the manager of this team next year. Or as I've said, you're setting a standard that you're a second tier organization if you keep Aaron Boone as your manager. You're okay with, you know, losing in the wild card game. You're okay with that. That, that, that. That's the standard you've set. Yeah, absolutely. Because, look, I said it, but the Red Sox knocked you off three three times in this postseason. Like, what is it going to take to change things around here? Like, the Red Sox have been your punching back in the playoffs lately. And again, like, last, you know, last time in 18, they came in here game three and put up 16 runs on you. Like, you've been the, you know, yeah, you've, you've been the Astros punching bag. You've been the Red Sox punching bag in the playoffs. We're so tired of it as Yankee fans. Yeah, and actually, Jason's kind of, uh, yeah. We got bringing up breaking news. We, we are going to get to that. Uh, Gilmore was was the the Patriots traded Gilmore t- to the Panthers. We're going to get to that. You know, after we talk baseball, so we will get to that. Everyone, hang on. We will get to that. Breaking news, breaking news there. But yeah, well, back to the Yankees. It's just yeah, Boone yeah. has got to go. And, and the thing is, is I could live with 2017. You know, losing in the ALCS, which came out of nowhere with Judge and Judge and Sanchez losing in that ALCS. Great year. Even 2018. They lost to a Red Sox team. They lost in four, but they lost to a Red Sox team that won the World Series. 2019, 
when they when they had all the injuries, when Joe and Stanton missed all that time, they got to the ALCS. I could live with that. But la- last year, you could kind of live with it because they, the Rays got to the World Series. But this year, you can't live with this because I don't think this Red Sox team is going to be Tampa. I don't think this Red Sox team is a great team that you lost to. So I, it's very, very hard for a Yankee fan to live with what happened last night. No, absolutely. It, it is. It's, it's you know, I, I had to do the game last night for the Red Sox. So for me, it was miserable. And that felt like I was – that game lasted an eternity. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's embarrassing. Look, you know, last year too, you'd think about – I know there was injuries and all that, but they were, what, eight games over 500 last year too? Like, I know it was only 60 games, but still, like, they were mediocre last year. They were pretty mediocre last year. Like, look, I, I know – and I fell for some of the hope. They're in that 13-game winning streak. Yeah, maybe this team doesn't have a shot at winning the World Series. This team never had a shot. And I, I and I keep falling for it every time they ever run. This, this I don't think this the way they are built, and I know the playoffs are it's like a just it's a crapshoot. I know I understand it, but I don't think this, you know, I don't think this lineup could ever do enough to get over the hump. I don't and I don't think, you know, they have the pitching right now. Like I don't think that this this team that they have is gonna ever get there. And I know you can't redo the whole thing. I know you can't get rid of everybody. I, I know it's not possible, but they got to figure out a way to get a couple other guys who can, you know, get a couple contact hitters because look, you know, last year, yeah, you, you know, you beat up on the, you know, you played well against the Indians, but the Indians really didn't play anybody. The whole division was not great outside of the, them and the White Sox. Um, you know, yeah, the Red Sox are not a good team, you know. Um, they're, they're a good team. They're not a great team. They're, they're a good team no, this year. Not they're a great good, team. Yeah. They're not the team they were in 2018. Yeah, they're not a good team, but, you know, or they're a good team, but, yeah, you know, they're a team that was like – it was a team that wasn't supposed to be there, you know. They, they got there, and I see Sanders' comment, you know, Yankees I, I, I don't think – I, I, I don't think they need another, you know, ace caliber. I think they need ace, ace caliber pitcher. Good two. I, I think, you know, they need a decent number two. I think the problem is is what's in the dugout. They got to stop with the analytics nonsense. They got to go to a more old school approach like the Astros and the White Sox did. And then they need to get they need to they need to have a manager that cares about the human that that that, that focuses on the human element and not analytics. They need to change the manager. I don't think it's you know I don't get rid of Cashman. I get rid of the manager. I don't think they, I, I think yeah I think they do need another number two. That's a good point because you know Montgomery you don't completely trust in the playoff Montgomery you know. Kluber can't stay healthy. Cortez, Severino's coming off Tommy Johnson. So, yeah, I, guess I think they need a solid number two. two. Yeah, you maybe hope. I guess yeah. you hope. Yeah, but I, 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 I think that uh, I think the biggest issue is they got to get rid of Boone. Boone's the biggest issue right now, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I know Hal loves the analytics, which, again, scares me. And I know Cashman's all into it, too. And, yeah, that's the scary part because I, I, I'm with you. I cannot stand analytics because you're trying to be the race. And – the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankee. Like, I get some of the numbers, but to go full-on analytics like they do, it, it just – it bothers me. And I know I've said this multiple times, but it just doesn't make any sense that we try to – we have to try to play baseball like the Tampa Bay Rays. There's, you know, with the $210 million payroll, I don't get it. And I do not like it. You know, again, I hope, you know – Severino could kind of be that second, you know, because again, you know, we've seen times he kind of looks like an ace, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, you hope injuries he can stay healthy. I think yeah, it hurt too that they. That's yeah, the problem is trouble staying healthy. Him. You just you can't rely on him. You can't rely on Kluber. So yeah, a number two would be solid. But the main thing yeah. is the dugout. I mean, yeah, and a good another point by Xander. 
I mean, like a rotation that Washington had a few. Yeah, with Scherzer and Strasburg. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. The Yankees. Mm-hmm. I would like to see another another ace in there, but I do think this team is good enough to win a championship even with a management change. I think I think the management change number one, number two. You know, maybe, maybe get another bat and then maybe get you know another starter. That that could definitely be the priority. I think a big priority for the season is. Definitely got a lot judge up long term, and I think you re-sign Anthony Rizzo. I think those are your two big priorities. You fire Boone number one, you re-sign Rizzo and Judge, and then maybe look for another starter. That that, that that's what I would do moving forward with the Yankees. Yeah, new manager. Um, I'm with you. I hope it's not another puppet, but I have a bad feeling about that. So again, I guess manager may not make a huge difference. Who knows? Uh, can't get any worse than Boone, but. Yeah, I, I I think you got to pay Aaron Judge what he wants here. Um, now, very interesting. I'll say this quickly. One of the Red Sox broadcasters he's talking about, it was like a week ago in there in Washington. So he's from D.C. and knows a bunch of guys that work for the Nationals um, front office. He was saying probably not this offseason, but next offseason, they don't think that they're going to be able to sign um, Juan Soto. And it sounds like the Yankees would be the favorite if they do put him on the market next offseason. I mean, the Nationals would be, would be fools if they don't sign Juan Soto. He should be their franchise player going forward. That's the Nationals not. are doing that. They, 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 then I don't know. Then their, then their GM should be fired immediately if they don't sign Juan Soto. He's your guy going forward. It, you got you got you didn't resign. If you're going, you want to go in a complete rebuild, rebuild mode. Uh, that, 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 I, I, I don't get it all signing Juan Soto. I think the big reason why you, you, know, you traded Turner and you traded you know, Scherzer was to open up payroll to make your team better and build your team around Juan Soto. That te- the, the Nationals should never trade Juan Soto. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but they sounded like they were saying um, like they don't think they're going to be able to. They're, they're not, not going to be able to resign him for whatever reason. And I thought, yeah, some of it could be cash, but I know like the – projection is he's going to get it like over 500 million but and i you know i don't know if the nationals would pay that because he's 22 still and he's been in the league already for three so he'll be like 25 26 but that was a rumor i thought too if he brought that up there has to be some truth to it but yeah i'm not i'm not totally you know who knows that would be a great addition but you know i know that could be a year away but yeah you gotta get judge i wouldn't mind rizzo back i think that would mean the end of luke Voigt. um i because i think rizzo you know after, after he got back from COVID, he was never really the same guy. And I, I know it took a lot out of him. Uh, but I, I think it was big to have him in between, you know, staying and judge. And that was a huge key, how they beat the Red Sox that Saturday. You know, to, he had to, you know, core bringing in Darwin Center and as the lefty. And, you know, the Yankees kind of took advantage of it. So, yeah, you know, a couple other small moves. But, you know, I, I still don't – until they really reshape this lineup, they get some guys that could – actually get on base because I, I think Torres and Sanchez are broken and I don't think they're ever going to return to what they are or what they were before. I, I, I just think they're too broken. I give Torres, I give, I mean, I don't think, I think Sanchez had a decent year. I think you keep Sanchez. Yeah. Torres, I think you give him one more year and then, then you probably, you know, get rid of him if he doesn't have another, if he doesn't have another good year. But we got a comment from Hector. What about bringing back Buck Walter? And I'm not opposed to it. I really am not opposed to bringing back oh, Buck Walter because this, this is, this isn't football. This is baseball. You, it's not. It's not a game where there's a ton of strategy. There's not a ton of strategy in baseball. I'm sorry to tell you that this isn't. This, this isn't football. You you saw what the White Sox did with Tony Larusa. He becomes the manager. They had a talented team. They're in the playoffs. They win the division. He hadn't managed in ten years since the Cardinals won the World Series and they win the division. Look at Dusty Baker with the with with the Astros. He comes in, comes in there, you know, gets into the ALCS last year and then they win the division again. again. So. 
I, I'm not opposed to bringing in Buckshire Walter. I think it would be a more old-school approach. and be an approach I would take – right now, I'd take Buckshire Walter over, over Aaron Boone. Oh, I'd take that any day of the week. I like Buck. Um, you know, I just – that worries me. Bring back – Sandy with the bring back Joe. I'd be fine with Joe Girardi as well. Or Tory. Does, does he mean Tory or Girardi? you got to yeah. specify that. You should spe- uh, Tory or Girardi. I'd be Sandra. fine with either two as well. I'd be fine with either one of those three, but, you know – uh, it's I crazy I to say, honestly, yeah, this might be crazy. If you Tony La Russa could get back in a dugout, I think Joe Torrey could get back in a dugout. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's he, I think Torrey's working with the umpires now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if he wants so to I don't, come again, back. But... It's possible. It's very yeah. possible. I would love to see Joe, Joe Torrey come back. I just, you know, again, I don't think he's – it'd be interesting what his take is on this new analytical stuff. But, yeah. like, Buck, I – like, Buck, you know, like, Buck, I would see – if somebody gave him a line of card, I think he'd shove it back in, back to him and say, yeah, I'm, I'm filling it out. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's what they need. That's what the Yankees need. That's what the Yankees need. But we got to go down to the team that won yesterday, and, that, and that's the Red Sox. And and, and uh, they face the Tampa Bay Rays. This is going to be a really, really good – this should be a it should be a good series. I think the Rays are clearly the better team, though. I do give the Red Sox a chance because of the Rays because of the lack because of the lack of depth in the Rays rotation. Obviously, Tyler Glass now is out for the year. Uh, McClanahan, he's their best starter. But really, outside of that, the Rays don't really have much much starting pitching. I think they're kind of carried by their lineup. They brought up they traded Willie Adams. They brought up Wander Franco. Got Nelson Cruz. Uh, uh, Austin Meadows and Brandon Lau have had really good years. Uh, they got some power. Uh, obviously, you got you got a you got Joey Wendell. You got you got a you got Mike Zanino who's got power too. You have a really really good lineup in Tampa Bay and a great bullpen too. So I think this is a, this is a really really this is a, this is a series where I think Tampa wins the first one. I think Tampa wins the second second one too. Maybe Valdi comes back on Sunday wins wins game three for the Sox at home. But I, I give the Red Sox one game in the series. They're they're going to need JD Martinez if 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 if, if they don't. If they don't, if JD Martinez isn't in that lineup, they're not going to win this series. Because last night, even though they won, I don't want to be a hater because I'm a Yankee fan, but they had a chance to break that game open. They had first and second. I hope Boston gets right. It's tough. It's tough for me there. You know, it's tough for me because I don't like Tampa either. So, but I Mm -hmm. I do hope the Rays win, but I'm not, you know, you know, well, I don't want the Reds Reds to win really bad because I don't like them either. But I, I think JD Martinez is such a key to be in this lineup because. You saw last night with the Red Sox, they had, they had first and second, nobody out in the third inning. Brown into a double play, had first and second, one out with with the, with the score four to one. You know, didn't didn't score. So they still left some runs out there last night, and they can't do that against Tampa because Tampa's a, definitely a better offensive team than the Yankees. So I I, I think uh, I think that this is going to be a really competitive series, but I got the Rays winning it in four and getting to the ALCS for the second year in a row. But Justin, what? Can can Boston compete and even beat Tampa and get to the ALCS? I think it's very unlikely, but I, I think they have a chance. You know, I think you know. Again, everyone kind of well, the Rays. You know, one seed. You know, they don't have a ton. You know, yeah, the depth of the rotations not there without Glass. No, you know, I know they brought back uh, Chris Archer, but he hasn't been healthy. But it's like for the Rays, it's like nobody expects them to win. Like, you know, like they lose. It's like, okay, you lost to Boston. Like, you know, nobody, nobody expects you guys. To win I, think the there, I think there's, I think there's pressure on them to win this series after winning a hundred games. There's pressure on them to win this series against the Red Sox. I think there's, there's some pressure there. I could see for this series. Yes. But like, it's still like, okay, they, I know they're be- the better team than Boston, but it's like, okay, you lost to a bigger Boston market team, you know, bigger market, 
you know, you know, you didn't have glass, so you didn't have your aces. So, like, I feel like the Rage just net, they don't have ever, you know, yeah, there's some pressure, but there's not like a lot because nobody expects them to ever, ever win. And here they are with 100 wins yet again. And, you know, like Brandon Lau, the guy, there were 99 RBIs. Like, he's 100, like, you know, like, he's a decent player, but nobody thought he was going to have 100 RBIs. Mike Zidino has 33 home runs and 62 RBIs, that, you know. Like, they just have so much power. I know they strike out a lot, but I know that. So, you know, a couple veteran guys that, you know, Shane Baez, he was a third piece of that Tyler, um, um, I mean, in the Chris Archer trade. Yeah, and, you know, the Rays have, have won that, that trade big time, so – um, you know, and Xander's and I see Xander's. Rays, Rays are pressure at the World Series. They definitely have pressure. And I agree with them, especially this series. I think if they lose to the White Sox or the Astros, because those teams are are really good, I think I, yeah. I, I, I think that would be a really successful season for them getting to the ALCS after what they lost, too. They didn't have glass now, and, and, they, and, they, and they lost, and they, and they don't have and – they, and they traded Snell – and they don't have more neither. So they lost three of their top starting pitchers and still won 100 games. So if they get to the AL, yeah. win 100 games, get to the ALCS, that's a very successful season. It absolutely is for them. For the payroll that they're on and for the guys that they kind of brought up and fill in, it, it is, you know. Um, yeah, because they either lose the, you know, uh, Houston or Chicago. Yeah, those are two really good teams. Uh, but, yeah, I think the race, too, in the back and the bullpen, I think find a way. They're supposed to get Nick Anderson back, too, um, tomorrow, which, again, he was, you know, one of the top relievers last year. So you get him back. He hasn't pitched most of the year, but you can get him back, and I think that's a big help for, and you know, uh, you know, late inning game or for late innings. I think it's going to be huge to have him back. So I think the rate – because Brian Brage has been, you know, good, but that's really been about it, you know. You can't really rely on too many other guys in the back of the – Red Sox rotate or in the bullpen right now, so um, I think I think the Red the, the Rays are going to be able to get some late in outs. Yeah, Martinez. It sounded like a really bad. It sounds like he's doubtful for Thursday, so he may not be ready for another. And I think maybe. if he's doubtful like, against McClanahan, who, who is the Rays' best pitcher, that's going to think the Sox are. That's going to be a tough one because the Sox haven't even announced a starter. Do you know what direction? Did they say last night what direction they're going in for Thursday in terms of a starter? They're pitcher? talking Sale, Erod, and then Evaldi Sunday. Okay, the okay. first three. And uh, yeah, I would say I think with Sale against McClanahan, the Sox do have a, ch- a chance in that game. But we know Sale didn't pitch well on Sunday against the Nationals. Yeah, no, he didn't. So I don't know if you know. Um, yeah, you know he didn't wasn't great, which is surprising. It's a kind of weaker National lineup, but you know you hope he comes back Thursday, pitches well against the Racy, but because he really hasn't faced a big lineup yet. Like, you know, they kind of fed him off like the O's a couple times. Uh, I think he faced the Mets, maybe the Rangers. You know, like, I think the Rangers, too, he faced. Like, he hasn't really faced a lineup that he's going to face in Tampa Bay yet. So, it'll be interesting how he does. But, again, it's Chris Sale in the postseason. You know, usually he usually he pitches very, very well. Um, and I think Pavetta goes Tuesday. So, I wonder if they'll do, like, four or five innings of Sale and maybe they throw Pavetta for a couple innings. If that's the case, um, you know, for the game four, because he's, you know, I think they, they may use him out of the bullpen if they can. So I could see a combination like that Thursday night. Pavetta um, was on his last start. It's really all the curveball. If his curveball's working, he's getting swings and misses, he's great. If if it's sitting over the heart of the plate, he gets crushed. So his curveball's on, he's usually pretty good. I think the biggest difference in this series is going to be. I think if JD, I think the lineup's going to be a difference now if JD doesn't doesn't play. I do think the Sox 
have the better rotation with Evaldi and Sale. I think that's the one advantage they have. But I think the major disadvantage the Sox have in this series is the bullpen. I think they're because they're not they're not facing the Yankees lineup on a, I, they're not facing the Yankees lineup in this series. Tampa Bay's lineup, Yankees lineup was twenty third in run scores. Rays lineup was top five in run scored. So this, I think the major issue is going to be the bullpen. I think the bullpen for the we saw it late in the season with the, with the Sox, and we saw the High and Bloom failing to uh, to to upgrade that bullpen in, in, at the trade deadline. I think that's what's going to come back to haunt him. Is is uh, failing to upgrade that bullpen? I think that's going to be the biggest difference in the series. Is going to be the Rays bullpen versus the Red Sox bullpen. I, that's that's definitely why I think the Rays win this series in four. Yeah, I, I think so too. I know actually, I forgot to handle Reyes hasn't given up a run since August 29th. so he's been really good of late too. But yeah, if they get Nick Anderson back um, with the rest of the pieces they have in that back end of the bullpen, you know, um, Fairbanks, you know, even like Colin McHugh this year has been good. Like his ERA is under two. You know, like he kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, like guys like the, you know, I know they got Dave Robert, David Robertson lately, or you know, like a month ago. He hasn't been horrible either, but yeah, and, you know, Andrew Kittredge. So yeah, like the racing kind of twist and turn and go wherever, wherever they go. Like right now, they're really the two guys Red Sox can trust is Hansel uh, Robles and Ryan Brazier. Again, Matt Barnes is still broken. I don't know what's going on with him, but um, yeah, like they, they don't really. have – too many, and I think and even Anavino has been struggling lately. So Whitlock actually Whitlock too. He just came back from the aisle. So that's the last thing. Evaldi and Whitlock, two guys the Yankees let go. Too. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I just I think the Rays find a way to get big outs. I think the Red Sox struggle. Yeah, should should be a very interesting series starting tomorrow night. But we'll go rapid fire with all the other series, and we'll start with the other American League series with the White Sox and the Astros. And in my opinion, I feel like these are the two most complete teams in the American League because you know I think the White Sox got a good. I mean, they have a lot of they have potential in the lineup, they, but I think that the they've they have they have had injuries all year, but I think their lineup is really good with with Jose Abreu, uh, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez. They got a really really good lineup. I think their rotation is probably the best in the American League with, you know, Rondon, Lynn, uh, Giolito, Cease. I think their rotation is the best in the American League. Uh, but the Astros, they have, as we know, they have been the class of the American League since since uh, since 2017. They've been the class of the AL. Their lineup is outstanding. We all know, as Yankee, Yankee and Red Sox fans, we all know the names of all those players in the lineup. I don't need to tell you those. The starting pitching is the weakness, but it's decent, and the bullpen is really good, too. So, I think this is a close competitive series with two managers and talk about analytics all you want. You got, you got Dusty Baker and you got Tony La Russa. You want, you want to, you want to, you want these analytic guys? No, you have two actual baseball managers going at it in the series, two old school managers, two hall of fame managers go, going back and forth. But at the end of the day, I feel like I can never go against the Astros because of their experience. Houston's experience, I think takes over and I got the Astros winning this series in five games. But Justin, the question is, is the White Sox pitching enough for them to overtake the Astros? I think it's very possible. I think, you know, Rendon, I know, been on the I.O. last few weeks, but, you know, they said kind of more just kind of resting him, not throwing pressure on him. You know, Lance Lynn's been postseason baseball. I know Keiko's going to come out of the bullpen, but I know he hasn't been great this year, but he's another guy that knows how to get big outs in the postseason. Like, you know, it could be a valuable guy in the back end because – Kimbrel too, you know, Kimbrel's been a guy that has struggled in the postseason. Hendricks been good, so um, they're going to need big outs because last year they jumped on the A's last year, um, won nothing the wild card, and then they they lost the last two games. They couldn't figure out a way to close them out. So 
Um, I, I think, you know, I think with the Astros, the Astros lineup, you know, during the regular season had the lowest strikeout rates in the in in the um, in Major League Baseball. So it's tough to strike those guys out. That lineup has so much, you know, postseason kind of at-bats and, his, you know. So I, I think it's a tough lineup to navigate against. Um, and then, you know, I think they have enough guys, but I just think – as you mentioned, the experience, like the Astros have gone the um, ALCS four times in a row. I don't, you know, I love to pick the White Sox. I love in year one to see La Russa win a World Series just to kind of, you know, give it to all the analytical guys out there to, hey, you don't need an analytical guy to win a World Series. But um, I, I, I have to pick the Astros though with five games. I just, I just, the experience of the Astros though, I just can't see them. Losing, I think their white tags are close, but I, I think the Astros are a bad matchup just for postseason baseball with all the success that they've had. Moving on to the National League, we got the wild card game, you know, wild card game tonight with the Cardinals and the Dodgers. The winner faces the uh, advances to face the Giants in the first round. And but in this game, a lot of people are talking about how hot the Cardinals are, how hot the Cardinals are. Max Scherzer, best pitcher in baseball, he ain't losing this game. Max Scherzer is not losing this game tonight. I know I think having a one game playoff, but in my opinion, Max Scherzer's not losing this game tonight. Dodgers got clearly the better team with their with their lineup. Obviously, they might have months. Muncy might be out, but you know, with Trey Turner, with with Justin Turner, with uh, Corey Seager, uh, their line with uh, uh, with Will Smith, their lineup is really really good. And they've obviously got Scherzer. They got their ace going tonight. Cardinals. Really, if you can neutralize Arenado, you can neutralize Goldsmith, you can neutralize O'Neill, you should be fine. I know Wayne Wright's had a great year at his age. He's had a, it's been a real surprise this year. But I feel like this is going to be a Dodgers win. I feel like it's like going to be like a 5 nothing, 5-1 to one Dodgers win. But, Justin, can the Cardinals stay hot and upset the Dodgers? I think it could be possible, yeah. I know, look, you got Wainwright. You know Wainwright's going to give it his all tonight. I know he's more of a contact pitcher, and the Cardinals are one of the best fielding percentage teams in, in the league. So I think, you know, he can go deep in this game. He's getting a lot of first first pitch outs, you know, second pitch. If he's not going to have to go deep in, deep in games or deep in this game tonight. But, yeah, since, you know, since Serger, has been a Dodger, you know, he's, what, 10-0? and 0. You know, he hasn't lost a start. So I bet the Padres are regretting not getting him at the trade deadline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And you wonder if Bauer, nothing happened to Bauer. He's probably in San Diego, Scherzer. If they don't lose yeah. Bauer – you yeah, know, yeah, he probably, probably is. Yeah, because they, because they, you know, they had, you know, Bueller and, and the guy who won 20 games. Urios. Remember, it's like Urios. Yeah, they had yeah. enough pitching. But, I, yeah, the Bauer thing, I think, uh, really, really, uh, really pushed them to get Scherzer. Yeah, I'm surprised the Padres didn't do as much as they could to get him. But um, it is what it is. And, you know, Padres search for answers for next year. But, yeah, you know, Scherzer has been a huge acquisition. You know, acquisition for him. You know, trade. You know, um, he's looked like the best pitcher in baseball since they've gotten him. And you know, yeah. Again, I don't see Max Scherzer losing a start like this. Even though I think Wainwright's going to give it his all, and I think he keeps his team into it. But yeah, like Goldsmith's had a great second half. But you know, Arenado's a great, you know, great hitter. But you know, Dylan Carlson has been on fire lately. You know, I just don't see the Cardinals having enough offense to knock off the. L.A. Dodgers tonight. Last series, in the, obviously the winner of the series plays the Giants starting Friday night. Last series in the National League, which starts Friday, we got the uh, Braves and the Brewers. And I think Devin Williams' injury is going to make a difference. could be very easily make a difference in this series. I don't think the Brewers' bullpen is as good, and they had a clear advantage over the Braves in the bullpen. 
the lineup, I give the Braves obviously the advantage, you know, uh, with Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley's had a really good year. They went out and got Adam Duvall at the trade deadline. But the starting pitching is definitely better with, for the Brewers with Corbin Burns, with, with Peralta, and with Brandon Woodruff. The starting pitching for the Brewers, I think this is another, I think this is a, this is another five-game series. I think this is a really close, competitive series. But in the end, I'm going to go with the team with the better rotation and the team that hosts home field advantage. I'm going to go with the Brewers over the Braves in five. But Justin, but can the Braves offense hit the Brewers starting pitching for them to get to the NLCS for the second year in a row? You know, the uh, Braves lineup, you know, it, it's been like Austin Riley's with like MVP type guy in the second half of the year. Avi Albies as well. You know, he's over 100 RBIs. Adam Duvall, 38 home runs this year for a guy that, you know, was really – nobody really knew his name, you know. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman starting to get it going. He got his average up to 300. Didn't look like for a while he was going to be able to do that. So, um, you know, like the Braves have the lineup to hit these guys. And, you know, that's they got Charlie Moore in on the mound game one. That's, you know, that guy's been in a lot of big games as well. So, I, I you know, I think the Braves can hang around. But their lineup went cold last year. You know, those two games against the Reds, they scored one run. Um, I know they got the ALCS. I know they got their – NLCS last year, but um, their bats are kind of going after that. But the Braves pitching staff is really, really good. Before Devin Williams' injury, I had the Brewers going to the World Series. I don't think that's going to happen now. I still think they get past the series because, yes, I think the Braves or the Brewers bullpen is still a little bit better than the than the um, Braves bullpen. Yeah, I think the Braves lineup could win them the series, but again, with those three Woodruff, Burns, and um, Peralta. I just, I just see that those three locking up, locking them up enough, um, and the Brewers being able to advance in five games. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I could, I, I, I definitely can see that happening too. So we got breaking news in the NFL, but before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which. Yeah, that is John about the G-Men. Make sure you check that out tonight at 6 o'clock. But we got breaking news in the NFL, and the uh, New England Patriots traded their uh, their star cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, who is on the physically unable to perform list right now, to the Carolina Panthers for a 2023 sixth-round pick. And right now, honestly – this is, this is Bill Belichick getting rid of another talented player and making this Patriots team worse. I, I mean, I know they, they at least they didn't get – at least they got some sort of value, but for Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year, I don't think this is this is enough value for him. This is definitely not, not enough value. I mean, you could get a first or second round pick for Stephon Gilmore. And just, just imagine, in 2019, you had Brady and Gilmore. Brady obviously let walk, for, and then you got nothing – obviously got nothing back because he was a free agent. Gilmore, you only get a sixth round pick. So for those two players, those two, you know, two game. I mean, a quarterback and a start and a stud corner, those are game changers. 
you only got a sixth round pick for those two players combined. I, I, I would have waited to do this until like week eight and maybe, you know, saw what kind of value, see if you can get better value for Gilmore. They trade him to the Panthers. I think obviously this is obviously a big pickup for the Panthers. I think it's definitely going to help them with, with them losing JC, JC Horn. I think this is definitely going to help them be a wild card team. And of course, Xander, who's a Cowboys fan, said, I would have loved him in Dallas. Oh, great, great move. Would have been a great move to have him in Dallas. Trayvon Diggs, especially with that improved defense with Micah Parsons and Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs. I would have, yeah, that would have been a great move in Dallas. But, uh, but you know, I, I think, I, I, I think that, uh, I, I think that the Patriots wanted to find the team that was going to give, I, I think that, uh, I don't know if they would have, what they would have, what they would have given up for Stefan Gilmore, but, and, and they probably would have given up more than a, that, that, than a sixth round pick. So I, that, I think it's a mistake by the Patriots not trading him there because I think Jerry probably would have given up more than a sixth round pick. But yeah, Patriots right now, you know, they, they, they only get it. They only go, only get a sixth round pick for Stefan Gilmore and uh, being at one and three. I mean, yes, it's going to clear up cap space. because They don't have to resign him next year, but the talent on this team is lacking right now. Absolutely. Um, and going back to, you know, I wanted, and I remember, like, you know, the trade rumors of him. I was, I, you know, look, Gilmore's a, a phenomenal player. He's one of the best corners in the, in the league. You know, like, I want him New England. I wish Bill would just pay him his money and just, you know, keep him here. But that's not Bill's way, and I understand. But, you know, I and I would say trade him at the trade deadline last year because you would have gotten more. You know, you, you kind of knew things were not good. You knew he wasn't be here for the future. I wanted some extra draft picks last year, and – I don't know why they didn't do it now, you know, do it then and keep them now, you know, because it's for a six round for two twenty, you know, the six rounder, like it's not going to do it a lot, but you know, like not even have it this year either. I, it ain't great. And you know, I don't, it just, yeah, you, you let Brady walk. You also kind of just, you know, I know Gronk retired, but you know, like you, then you let him, you know, he unretires and then goes to the, the Buccaneers. Like, You've let three really good players just kind of just walk. Would they get like a fourth rounder for Gronk too? So it's just a because yeah, one and three, he'd be a huge help to this team right now. I know Jalen Mills played really well Sunday. I know the secondary started is you know, but the Saints they didn't look good. You know, Houston should be okay this week, but next week in Dallas again, that that could be get get ugly with their wide receivers. So Gilmore's one of the best two years ago defensive player of the year. So again, it's. It's such a huge loss, and the Patriots play the Panthers, I believe, week nine. So, and that might be Gilmore's first game. That might be Gilmore because because he's because he's, he's, he's still not healthy, and he hasn't practiced since last year. Week, week six, six I believe, the, comes out the he's pup. off the pup list, but I think it's going to take until yeah. like week eight or week nine for him to get on the field. But I think if he's the same guy, if he's if Gilmore is that same guy that he was in New England, I think this Panther team is going to get is, is could very easily get a wild card spot, and then then and then now the pressure is completely on Sam Darnold. Because now you've got a top 10 defense. Now with Stephon Gilmore, if he's as good as he was two years ago or close to as good, now you got a top 10 defense. You're Sam Darnold. you got to get this Panthers team to the playoffs. you gotta, you got to win, you know, 10 games and get, and get a wild card spot if you want to be the future quarterback here. Because this team, you know, is, is now is, – I mean, they did, this is kind of a bargain that they, that they got Gilmore for a sixth-round pick. But this team is getting better around. Just pressure's on Sam Darnold now to get this Panthers team to the playoffs. Absolutely. You know, I know look, so far I look good. I know Sunday was a little bump in the road, but, you know, the scheme that they've had, like, I I totally forgot he could actually be a mobile quarterback because the Jets never used him like that. So, you know, 
the the Panthers are using him, you know, well. You know, he's leading the the league in rushing yards. I believe, or I mean, in rushing touchdowns. And I heard McCaffrey's back at practice today, so he's probably another week away. You know, you're going to get the top running back in the, in the league back very soon to help him out too. So yeah, now it's really on Sam Darnold. He's looked good, but yeah, you add a guy like Gilmore, and they they're blitzing 41 percent of the time. The Panthers, so to get more help in the back end of you know, your secondary, I, I think it's a huge piece to be able to add Gilmore. Yeah, and he said pound up on Sander, and he, he hit the nail on the head. That's what they got for him, a sixth? Come on, Dallas. Come on, Dallas would have given him. Absolutely. I completely agree there. Yeah. I don't know what New England – honestly, I really – I mean, this this is going back with New England for, for a b- b- bad drafting, you know, all the way back to 2018 when they passed on Nick Chubb. Now, and then they, they obviously they win the Super Bowl that, that the next year, but then they, then they pass on D.K. Metcalf, and AJ Brown and draft to kill Harry, and that's probably the move that that told, that that, uh, that drove Brady, Brady out of New away. England. That, that sent Brady away in, after 2019, and, and, and now you know, yeah, I mean, and now yeah, they're hoping they got to hope Mac Jones is the guy. But the problem is, is if you can't put, I think Mac Jones is one of those quarterbacks. If you can't put enough talent around him, I don't know how he's gonna how, how he's how great he's gonna be in this league. How many games he's gonna win in this league? And, and now and now you know, Stephon Gilmore. You know, he holds out this year. He's on the physically unable to breathe on the pup list. And then they trade him and they get a sixth round pick. Yeah, they didn't release him outright, but a sixth round pick. As I, as I said earlier, Brady, you got, you, you, you didn't resign him. You got nothing. Gilmore, sixth round pick. They were so crucial to you being 12 and four in 2019. And you're, two, you're two best players. And now you got nothing for him. You yeah. sixth round pick. That's it. Yeah, it, it's pretty much nothing. I, I don't think we're going to find another Brady in that pick or, you know, Brady-esque pick in the sixth round again. You know, that that's very rare to come by. But, yeah, and I, it's Bill's way, and I get it. But you can't – it's like Bill's trying to be the smartest guy in the room and yeah, my, my way is going to work. Yeah, but the but, problem is, oh, yeah, we, we go back to when he cut Lawyer Malloy in 2003. It, it worked then because, obviously, you had Rodney Harrison and you had Tom Brady. Yeah, obviously getting rid of Richard Seymour in two thousand and after, after in two thousand nine. Yeah, it worked because you had Tom Brady. All these moves: getting rid of Seymour, getting rid of uh, getting rid of Seymour, getting rid of Malloy, getting rid of Chandler Jones, getting rid of Jamie Chandler Jones in two thousand in beginning of the two thousand sixteen season. Getting rid of Jamie Collins. All those moves work because you had a great quarterback. You don't know how great Chandler Jones is going to be. You don't know how great Mac Jones is going to be. You don't know if he's going to be able to cover up those deficiencies. You got to stop. You know. To stop your way of getting rid of play. Stop getting. You got to stop getting rid of players and, and 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 getting rid of talented players if you don't have a great quarterback. And he was. And for years, Brady was in that from 2003 to 2000. You know, from 2003 since 2003, Brady's been a top five quarterback. So they were, so he was able to cover up mistakes that Belichick made in personnel. He can't make those. He can't make those mistakes anymore. And it's definitely shown. It's definitely shown up over the last you know two and a half years. Absolutely, it has. You know, you have the talent around, and you know, yeah, you went on the big free agency spree, but it's like, you know, offensively, it hasn't made. Matthew Judon has been unbelievable. Judon, Judon's been the, the good player. Judon's been the good player. Oh, but really, yeah. outside of that, no one really has impressed me. No, I, Hunter Henry had a nice game Sunday night, but Bourne made a couple of nice catches. But like, yeah, yeah, it's like okay, that's nice, but I, I guess we still lost, and I know we'll get to it. But yeah, like. You're still sitting here one and three right now, so I just, I just, it's disappointing. And yeah, you know, look, I, I think we've shown sign that Mac can be a good quarterback in this league, but yeah, you know, again, yeah, you never have another Tom Brady to be able to mask everything up. It just, it's impossible. And 
you know, I don't, I don't know what he's, what he's trying to do right now. Cause it's, it's concerning. Yeah. It's very concerning. Very concerning. But we'll get to the team. We'll get to the game uh, this Sunday as the Patriots uh, go to Houston to face the Texans. And I think this game, I think this is a game where they should get their running game back with Damian Harris. I think Mac Jones, he doesn't really, he doesn't really need to do a lot in this game. Just like the Jets game, all I think he's going to have to do is manage this game. I feel like Belichick's going to confuse Davis Mills and and force uh, two or three turnovers. And I got the Patriots winning this game. I got them winning this game handily. This is the get right week for the Patriots. This is the get right week for the Patriots before they got to play the Cowboys at home next week. Uh, this is the get right week. This is the get right game for the Pats. I got them beating the Texans 27-17. And Justin, I, I assume you got you got the same as well. No, 27-7. Yeah, I mean, my bad. And I and I assume you got the same as well, Justin. Yeah, I got it 24-13. I think Texans will score some points in this game, but. Down and up. Um, I like the way Mac Jones played Sunday night. Again, he would have been the third quarterback only since I think like nineteen. I forget it was like nineteen nineteen seventy to have like negative running rushing yards, but to you know win a game. It's like you know it's and I forget the other two quarterbacks who have won it. But again, I thought he he played well on a big night against Brady. I thought you know he got hit fourteen times. He cannot keep getting hit like this, or he's not going to last. And we're going to have to watch Brian Hoyer the last few weeks. So. Hopefully, offensively, yeah, we can kind of figure it out against a weak Texans defense. But last year, we played awful against Texans. I know they had Deshaun Watson, but we couldn't do anything last year um, against the Texans. I think we lost, what, it was like 27 to 4. It was, it was an ugly 20, game. 27-20, I remember 20. that game. Because right, you came and off yeah, that Ravens. If I, it was kind of similar because you came off that Ravens win yeah, in the rain yeah. where nobody expected you to win. Now you came off yeah. a game in the rain that nobody expected you to really compete in, and then you went went to Houston and played the Texans. So it's kind of sim- yeah. kind of similar situation from last year. No, actually, yeah, absolutely it is. And it's a weird – yeah, it's a very weird spot because they usually don't – I don't know. Like last year they didn't play well. And I think they got like the late touchdown too. Like they made it a little bit, int- you know, respectable but yeah they didn't play well so well this time they play a lot better um but yeah well yeah they, they should be able to take care of business and I'm not happy he, i forgot to bring this i'm not happy with bill either that they kicked the field goal there you know which no, they we, let we, matt go for it yeah we'll go we'll get into it i mean that that's another bad in game decision by belt that was definitely a bad in game decision by belichick you cannot take the ball out of he, he was playing well you can't have to take the ball out of his hands if you believe in him to be your guy you got to go for it there. You got to go for it there. You can't let your ego get in the way and say, "Oh, I don't want Mac Jones to throw an incompletion," and 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 uh, I want I want I want Nick Folk to be the one, you know, to to lose the game, missing the field goal. I don't want uh, Mac Jones to throw an incompletion. That's how the game ends. You got to do what puts you in the best position to win. And kicking the field goal there did not put the Patriots in the best position to win. Going for it is what would have put the Patriots in the best position to win. So that was a Belichick had a great scheme for Brady. I'll give him that. But that was a bad in-game decision by Bill Belichick there, not take, taking the ball out of Mac Jones' hands. Absolutely, because it's like, what is he not showing you? What you know, like what what's what's holding you back? Because again, he looked good again. Like again, you couldn't run the ball; you had to be one-dimensional, and he still kept you guys in it. Now the defense was phenomenal. I, I you know I will say that, but I know it's a weak defense. But again, he played well. He gave you a chance to win. It's like let let him kind of show you what he can do. You know, like, again, he wasn't happy two weeks ago with the McDaniels play call in the red zone. He kind of voiced his frustration a little bit. I don't blame him. You know, I don't think he did this week against Bill. I don't – he didn't. But, again, and Nick Folk's been good. Folk's been good. So, like, I'm not – you know, Folk's been a good kicker for us. He beat, single-handedly beat the Jets last year for us on that Monday night game. Uh, without him, we lose that game. But in the rain, he's got a little – his plant leg's been bugging him. But, like – 
I guess it's two inches to the right, and we're not having this conversation. But still, you got to put the ball in Mac Jones' hand there. They played well. Again, go after Sherman, run a like a little slant route, but I, I don't get it. You know, I, I I think this team's gonna improve. I think they're gonna be better. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they're they're gonna get better. I I, I really again, it was another positive sign that I think Mac Jones is gonna do is gonna be okay, and I think he's gonna be our guy, but. Another game again. They should be. They could very easily right now be three and one, and we're you know things should be a lot differently right now because if they don't fumble against the Dolphins week one either, they're in field goal range. I think so. they really could. I think they really could build off this performance against Tampa Bay. And if you look at their upcoming schedule, uh, they got obviously they got uh, they got two very easy wins. They got Houston, uh, Houston this week, obviously. Then Dallas, and I, I still think Dallas is overrated. I think that that's that's a win. That's a win. That's a winnable game at home against the Cowboys, and then you've got the Jets, which they, which they should win. And then, then, it gets, then it gets difficult after that. But So they very easily could build off this. And I think, call me crazy, I think they could win three in a row. Because I don't, I have a tough time seeing them going 0-4 at home and losing that, da- and losing yeah. that Dallas game. So I, I, think, I think they could, I think if they play really well this week against Houston, they, if they play well, really well against Dallas, they, they, they could win that game. And then the, the, I think they'll beat the Jets. I think they very easily could win the next three games, the Patriots. I could see it, you know. Yeah, they should win Saturday, Sunday. They should win. They should beat the Jets in two weekends. Yeah, I could see it being the Cowboys. I wonder the second. I know the secondary played better against Tampa Bay, but I'm just worried it's going to be the, the team that showed up against the Saints. Yeah, I can't see them going home with four. I I, I can't at home, but again, this Dallas team is potent, and I can't see. Um, oh, we got we got we got, we got a comment from him. Early hot take. I don't care, uh, and I don't care all oh, well. Mac Jones will never be an elite quarterback. They won't be, win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones at quarterback. That, that that's going to all depend on what Bill does and what the, the, the what what they do, what what Bill does, how they put players around him. Right now, there isn't a it's, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It, there isn't a great team around him. And then obviously they made their team worse on defense trading Stephon Gilmore. So the roster, it's an average roster right now. So we'll see. It, I, I, and, and listen. I think Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones. And I agree with Sandra. I think he's going to be an elite quarterback. But I do feel like he could, with a good roster and great coaching, if Belichick uh, remains the head coach, and, and I think he, he, you could win a Super Bowl with him. I think, I think you could. I, I, yeah, I agree with him that he, he's not going to be like a top five quarterback in the league. But I think he's got potential to be a top ten quarterback in the league because of how good he is at the line of scrimmage and the coaching he's going to get. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, I, I think he can be pretty, you know, a pretty good quarterback. Again, I see some. Brady s things in him. Like I'm not trying to call him, you know, the next Brady or anything, but the way he commands guys at the line of scrimmage, he's been. Uh, 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 stop with that comment, please. Stop with that comment. Mac Jones had a better team at Bama than he does in New England. Stop with that comment. It's if you're you're, you're comparing <laughs> professional football to college football, just stop with that, please, please. You don't compare. You don't compare college teams to pro teams. Stop with that. I know the Patriots don't have you know great NFL yeah, players. But they're still professional football players, so stop at that comment. Max, Sander, we appreciate you commenting on the show, but come on, come on, stop at that. Yeah, it's tough to compare NFL to college. I know that I know Alabama had an NFL team last year, but yeah, it, it, you know, I, but yeah, it, the NFL weapons, yeah, are a bit better. But I know going up into NFL talent, but yeah, it's it's you can't really compare NFL to college. Um, but yeah, like I, I, you know, at the line of scrimmage, his worth ethic. He's like the last guy out of that building every night. You know, you know, he controls a huddle. Like I, I see qualities in him that you, you kind of saw in Brady. Again, it's still very young. He's getting, you know, he's still learning and all that. But 
there's things I see where he could lead a team if we do get enough around him and we do build something. Again, he's with Saban. You know, he knows how to win games. You know, Bill's going to, you know, help him get even better. So I, I see some qualities in him that he can be a good quarterback at this level and he can, he can win a Super Bowl if he has enough around him. But, it, again, it, it all depends on that, on the coaching he gets and the team that he has. So, yeah, I think he can be a really successful quarterback and he can win a Super Bowl at this level. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But we got to move on to the big game in Dallas. Before we do that, we got to talk about Jalen Smith a little bit. We'll quickly talk about Jalen Smith. Cowboys released Jalen Smith. And I actually think it's funny how we live in an era where we rip the Patriots for their moves and we praise the Cowboys. But I actually, this is a good move for the Cowboys because his play has definitely declined since 2018. He had, a, I think, for what he was getting paid, I think the Cowboys, you know, saved some cap space. Now they could, you know, now they could eventually pay Micah Parsons. They could pay a Trayvon Diggs. They could. Even I don't know if they're going to pay Van Der Esch. Maybe they could pay Van Der Esch. So I actually like this move for the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, I, it's not a bad move. Yeah, to because um, you, you got some young talent right now. Yeah, Diggs leading the league right now in interception. Van Der Esch, he's been good if he could stay healthy. So far, he has. You know, hope he continue. Uh, Michael Parsons just he, he's been a beast early on, and I think quicker than a lot of people. Um, you know, a little bit quicker than people thought. But yeah, he's he's been great. Parsons been great. So yeah, I don't you know. Jalen Smith, yeah, saved some money. You know, the defense is improving, so his plays declined. So continue to get some younger guys in there. So yeah, I don't mind the move for the Cowboys at all. So um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't mind the Cowboys releasing him. Now we go to the game. We got we got Hector listening. We got Xander listening. We got Giants and Cowboys. Feel free to comment on who, who you got in this game. We got a big, big matchup in the NFC East between the Giants and the Cowboys. And I think people that think that, you know, that, that, that the Cowboys are gonna are gonna blow them out. They're not. I think. I think last week the Giants proved their offense could be could be solid. I mean, Kenny Galladay had a big week last week. Saquon Barkley had a big week at the end last week. I think this is going to be a really, really, really close competitive game. I think though the biggest issue with the Giants is they had trouble stopping the run last week with Alvin Kamara. They let Alvin Kamara run for over for 120 yards. And the thing is, is you're not facing you're not you're not facing Jameis Winston this week. You're facing Dak Prescott and the and like the first three possessions against there were like three or four possessions where the Saints crossed the 50 yard line and didn't score any points. That's not going to happen this week. Dallas is going to control the clock. They're going to they're going to run the ball well with Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to run the ball well with uh with 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 uh, with Tony with Tony Pollard. Uh, and I think Dak's going to get the ball to Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb. I think they're going to score in the 30s. But I do think the Giants are going to are going to hang with them. I think that Saquon Barkley. You saw him run through the. You saw him run between the tackles. You saw him run hard and run between the tackles last week. Saquon Barkley started. To, I think I think you're feeling like he's coming back. He's getting back. He's, he's finding his form. I think he has a really good week. I think Daniel Jones is another good game. Getting the ball. We don't know if Sterling Shepard's going to play, but I think him and Kenny Galladay are finding that connection. If uh, we're finding a connection there, I think Kenny Galladay has a good week. I think the Giants make plays on this Cowboys secondary, which I know Trayvon Diggs is good, but it's still very suspect. This Cowboy defense is is improved. It's not it's with, with with Parsons and Diggs. It's not great. Last week they were up thirty six fourteen, and and in the blink of an eye, it was thirty it was it was thirty six twenty eight, and they still are thirty first in the league in passing yards allowed. So. I don't think this cowboy. I think this Cowboys defense obviously improved, but I still don't think it's it's a it's it's a it's, I think it's an above average defense at best. I think the Giants move the ball on them. I think this is a close competitive game, but I think it comes right down to the end where either the Cowboys are are are, are either what well, three things happen. Dak Prescott is trying to engineer a game winning drive, and he and he does. The Cowboys are going to Cowboys are up late, and they close the game out on offense with their running game. Or Daniel Jones has the ball at the end, and the Cowboys, which they've done really well this year with Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator, they force a turnover. That's why. 
I got the Cowboys beating the Giants 31-27 and, and going to 4-1. But, Justin, can Daniel Jones keep up with Dak Prescott for the Giants to get their second straight win? I think they can, but I do have Dallas still winning this game 27-23 at home. Um, again, I think they could score some points. I hope Jason Garrett kind of continues with those deep routes. You know, they hit a nice one to um, John Ross last week. You know, Barkley had a big play for a touchdown. Like, I, you know, I hope they keep trying to go through, you know, with their explosive plays um, because I, that's why they got him. And I think Jones has shown you that he can be a good quarterback. You know, he, they, you know, last week he threw his first interception, but it was the end of half. It doesn't you know, count. It was that, half, that, it's, that yeah, no harm, no foul. That pick does not yeah, count at all. Yeah, it's a no harm, no foul play. So, like, he's he's protected the football, which was one of his biggest issues. So, um, I, again, I, I hope they take shots against the secondary. I think Barkley could have a, a big day. Yeah, he's looked really good lately. And I even thought the first few weeks, like, cutting-wise, cutting he's, look, he's looked good too. But, yeah, I guess, the you know, the explosiveness wasn't there. I think with the old line, you know, uh, too, had a part of it. But – um, I think Dallas does find a way to get this thing at home just because I don't – the Giants defense at a big spot, like late in the first half, you guys went up 7 nothing. The defense couldn't get that late stop. I, I think I could see something like that where a big, you know, Giants go up or something and the defense can't get like a shutdown drive there and Dallas comes back and, get, and gets a win. You made a good point about the defense. Yeah, every game this year, the Bronco game, give up touchdown before the half. The Washington game, give up a touchdown before the half. The Atlanta game, give up a touchdown before the half. And then this game, every game, they give up a yeah. touchdown before the half. That's been the difference this year. This giant defense is definitely is definitely worse than it was than it was last season. The offense has improved, but the defense is worse. They lost Blake Martinez, Leonard Williams, and James Bradbury just have not been as good. They're still, you know, Urgelari has some sack. They're still trying to find a consistent edge rusher. Uh, yeah, the defense just hasn't been uh, definitely not been as good this year, and that's a big reason why the Giants are one and three because in in, in the Washington game and in the, and in the uh, and in the Atlanta game they couldn't make that big stop. So this defense just isn't as good this year. That's why if the defense was better, I'd pick them to win this game. But the defense just I just don't think I think the defense is right now it's average at best, and that's why I got the Cowboys winning this game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I, I think, yeah, it's average at best. It just, you know, yeah, you thought there was going to be a lot more and there's going to be that jump at second year Patrick Graham. It really hasn't. I know losing Blake Martinez is a huge loss. Is Jalen Smith a possibility for the Giants? You know, it maybe could be, but who knows? And Xander says the Cowboys are going to walk right through them. You're going to be very surprised, Xander, what happens on Sunday. This Giants team is going to score some points on the Cowboys. That, that, I, the Cowboys might win, but it's going to be a close game. They're not Dallas is not walking right through. But we got to get to the Thursday night game between the Rams and the Seahawks. And I think this is going to be another really fun competitive game. I think, you know, Wilson and, and Stafford will both have really, really good games. I think that uh I think the Rams will have success running the ball with Henderson and Michelle. I think Seattle have success running the ball with Chris Carson. I think this is a really close competitive game. But in this game, I am going to take the better quarterback. And I'm going to make the I'm going to take the quarterback that's going to make more plays and less mistakes. And I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks beating the Rams on Thursday night, 30-27. to 27. But, Justin, can Stafford bounce back from a bad performance last week and get the Rams a big road win in the division? I think they can. I don't know what happened to them last week. They are just coming off the Tampa win. Just, I, you know, they, they really struggled. I think this is a week to get their running game going. And, you know, Stafford is always good against play action. You know, if he can open up, use up, you know, I, if they can, you know, be able to incorporate play action, they'll get their running game going against this weak Seattle defense. I think, you know, 
they'll be able to control the time of the clock. I think like Van Jefferson has an explosive play late in this game. Um, I think Safford plays really, really well. I think they keep Seattle off the field. Seattle still last week only had about 250 yards of offense. The Niners kind of, you know, a um, couple of turnovers, short field for the Seahawks. They took advantage. Like I, I think the Seahawks still have some questions to answer offensively, and they're not there yet. Thursday night's weird, so I would not be surprised the Seahawks win this game, but I, I'm going to take the Rams to get this one on the road. Now we're going to go to our best bets this week. Uh, my, my, I'm one and two on the season. I lost with the Jag with the Jaguars and Bengals and the Pats and the Bucks, and I won with the Chiefs and the Eagles. You had, you were one and two, but you were so close to being two and one. You lost with you yes, lost sir. with Wash. You lost with Washington and the Falcons. <laughs> that Terry that that JD McKissick play. You were that close to being two and one. You lost with the Bucks yeah. and the Pats, and you won with the Chargers and the Raiders. So my best bets this week, I got the Titans. Uh, Minus four over the uh, over the Jaguars. I mean, th- we'll get to it later with the Urban Meyer situation. Absolutely pathetic. He needs to be. He needs to be. He might be gone after this week. I mean, he is. He is not fit to be an NFL head coach. And I think the Titans are going to get the run. And who knows? I don't even care if uh, Jones and and uh, and AJ Brown play this week. I think they're going to. Uh, Henry's going to run the ball over the tight Jaguars defense. I think Tannehill's going to throw a couple touchdowns. And I definitely have them covering that spread. They're a four point favorite. I definitely got them covering that spread. Second game for me, the Browns. I think right now the Browns got the best roster in football. I know it's, I know they're, and then they're an underdog against the Chargers. They're getting points. When you got the best roster in football getting points, you take it. I got the Browns plus one and a half over the Chargers. And uh, for and on the Sunday night game with the Bills, I think the Bills right now are the best team. Might arguably be the best team in football. I think they learn from their mistakes. I think they run the ball better. Their defense is better. They learn. They're going to learn from their mistakes from what happened against the Chiefs. I think they're going to be able to run the ball against the Chiefs. I think they're going to be able to you know contain Mahomes. I think they're going to learn from what happened last year. And I think they're going to get a huge win on Sunday night. I, I have them winning the game outright, and I got them covering the spread against the Chiefs. Justin, your best bets. Yes, this week I got the Carolina Panthers at home against the Eagles at um, three and a half. I think the I think the Panthers right now. I think they're a better team. I think defensively, I think they'll give Jalen Hurts a lot of problems. I think they'll score some points, but I like the Panthers to win the game at home. Um, I think Chuba Hugger has a big game on the ground. I think Sam Darnold, you know, has a rushing touchdown or two. Um, I really like the way this Panther team is playing right now, so I'm going to take them. And then I'm going to take the Cardinals too. I can't believe I'm taking Cliff Kingberry, but again, they've been you know they've been playing really good football. Um, the Niners. I don't know what who's going to play quarterback. If Garoppolo's going to be healthy or not, or, or Trey Lance did not look ready. Um, I think even if Garoppolo plays, I don't think he'll be healthy. I think the Cardinals are going to get after him. I think it'd be a tough day for the Niners to score many points in this game. So I hit the Cardinals at five and a half. And then I've, I as and I have the same pick as you. I have the Bills soon half. I know the Bills really haven't played anybody since week one against the Steelers, but they've been blowing people out. And Josh Allen hasn't even played, played his best football yet. But as Joe says, it doesn't matter who you face. They've been so dominant that yeah. you've got you got to say they're one of the best teams in the league. Ever since week one, they've been probably the best team in the league. They won 35 nothing, won 40 nothing, They won 43-21. As Joe says, it doesn't matter who you face if you're that dominant. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, they have been dominant in every game they played, so – um, I think we're finding a lot about this weekend, but again, I can't trust the Chiefs. I, I think the Bills' defenses. I, I trust the Bills' defense to get us out more than the Chiefs do in a tight game. So I think Josh Allen's gonna have a huge day, and I like I like the Bills winning the game outright against the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night. Alrighty, we'll get to the slate of games, and we'll start with a matchup in Tampa. We got the Battle of Florida as the one and three Dolphins travel up to Tampa to face the three and one Buccaneers, and I think this is an easy one for for the. Uh, 
for the Bucs. I think I think the Bucs found their running game last week with Leonard Fournette. That was the one positive I, think, I feel like that came out of the game last week for the Bucs. They found their running game. I think Brady throws, you know, uh, two or three touchdown passes. I feel like the defense gets pressure on Jacoby Brissett. Of course, Brissett to make a mistake. Dolphins will be without Will Fuller. I get the Bucs going a 4-1 and one with a 31-13 to 13 win over the Dolphins. Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, I get 27-13 uh, Tampa Bay. I think it may be a slow start out of the gate for the Bucs coming off, you know, the win last week in New England. Um, so I think Miami keeps it interesting, you know, for a little bit. But I think Brissett can move the ball big against his weak secondary, the Bucs. But obviously just just not enough against Tom Brady. And Tampa Bay should be able to score pretty easily in this game. I'll take Tampa Bay to win by two scores. We got the game in London between the Jets and the Falcons, and I think this is a really close competitive game between these two teams. Uh, I think both defenses will get will get pressure. Uh, I think the Jets will obviously get more pressure on Ryan than the, 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 than the Falcons will on Wilson, but I think both these quarterbacks make a mistake. I think both these defenses force a turnover, but I, do, but I am going to take the better quarterback in this game. I know Zach Wilson played well last week, but I do think he turns the ball over once or twice in this game. I do think Ryan turns the, turns the ball over once, but – He's the better quarterback. He'll make less mistakes. That's why I got Atlanta going to two and three, being the Jets. I got them winning that game 23 to 19. But Justin, can Zach Wilson play well again for the Jets to win their second in a row? I think he will. And, you know, one of the reasons why, too, I picked him, Robert Sala was with the Jaguars for three years. So he kind of knows what it's like to go out to, to London. So I feel like, too, he's going to have the team ready to go because it's such a weird adjustment. Um, again, I think it showed if you give Zach Wilson some time, uh, you know, he's going to make some big plays, you know, some, some really nice plays. Again, I think he'd be able to do that Sunday against a very bad Atlanta defense. Um, I don't know why. I, I should have known to pick them on the best bet. I, I should have known, um, even though they're, you know. Um, but I, I think Zach Wilson to make some big plays at Corey Davis. He had a big game. They're probably not going to run the ball very well, but I'm going to take Zach Wilson to get a win. And the Jets would be two and three. It's, you know, I guess pretty remarkable for where they were about a week ago talking about them. Absolutely, absolutely. We got an NFC match, NFC matchup in Carolina as the one and three Eagles face the three and one Panthers. And in this game, I feel like this Panthers defense is gonna is gonna contain uh, Jalen Hurts. I think they're gonna force a turnover from Jalen Hurts. I think Sam Darnold is gonna manage this game. I think I, this is this is definitely a major coaching matchup with Matt Rule going up against Nick Sirianni. Uh, I got the Panthers winning this game because of their defense and because Darnold won't turn the ball over. I got the Panthers twenty-three to thirteen over the Eagles, and Justin. I know this was one of your best bets, and you had and you had the Panthers as well. Yeah, the Panthers twenty-eight to twenty. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think Darnold they will do an off-game manager. Um, you know, Hubbard big day kind of bounced back. So yeah, I, I got the Panthers at home. I just the Eagles. Um, what six regional trips last week? They had three touchdowns out of it. Uh, you know, it, it's got to be more. Um, I don't see them being able to move the ball like they did against last week against Kansas City. We have an AFC matchup in Pittsburgh as the Broncos head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. And I think this is a close defensive struggle. But at the end of the day, I think Denver's – the reason Denver's going to win this game because they're going to be the team that runs the ball better than the Steelers. The Steelers can't run the ball. They can't protect the quarterback. And Big Ben is done. I think this is a really, really close, competitive, low-scoring game. But I got the Broncos going to 4-1, and one, and I got them beating the Steelers – uh, 17 to 13. But Justin, can this Steelers defense carry them to a win, to their second win? I think it's very possible. If Drew Locke's a starter, uh, we've seen he's, he's made a lot of mistakes in, you know, in his starts. And I, I think they're going to be able to get after him. Um, on the, in the, you know, I think they're 
the seal DM to be able to get after him. And I think if it block, I think he makes two to three turnovers. And I think Pittsburgh in a short field, I think they do enough. But it's a totally different team to Seals without with TJ Watt and without him. Um, you know, they kind of showed to get get pressure without him. He's already he's got five sacks in the year already. So if he's in there, I think Pittsburgh does enough um, against Denver, especially Drew Locks in there. If it if it ends up being Teddy, I do think Denver wins this game, but. If not, I'm going to take Pittsburgh because I just I, I think Drew Locke will make too many mistakes in this game. We got the Packers heading to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a close, competitive, back-and-forth game. I think Joe Burrow is going to play well. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play well. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the better coach team, and I'm going go with the team with the better quarterback. And I got the Packers winning 27-23 over the Bengals. But, Justin, can Joe Burrow carry the Bengals to an upset victory over the Packers? I could see it, you know, Packers are kind of banged up right now, you know, um, but I just, I don't see him being able to take out Aaron Rodgers, not being able to beat Aaron Rodgers, though. Uh, again, this would be Cincinnati, you know, best offense, you know, they've faced so far. Uh, they've, they've played well. Being at 3-1, I think it's a surprise to a lot of people, but again, you're facing a different animal, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I think, you know, Burrow is going to have some success through the air in this game, but, you know, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon's a decent running back. I just don't think he's going to be out, be able to out-duel Aaron Rodgers enough in this game to get a win. We have an NFC North matchup in Minnesota as the 0-4 Lions face the 1-3 Vikings, two desperate teams here. But I think the, 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 uh, with the injuries the uh, Lions have on the offensive line, I think, I think the Vikings win this game. I think they win it by a couple scores. I think Dalvin Cook has a good game. I think Justin Jefferson has a good game. I think Kirk Cousins, even though the Vikings have been losing, he continues to play well. And I think for, for the Lions, I think Goff competes in this game. They're going to have trouble protecting him. I feel like they're going to have trouble running the ball. That's why I got the Vikings winning it, by, winning it by two scores. I got the Vikings beating the Lions 31-17. But, Justin, can Jared Goff outplay Kirk Cousins for the Lions to get their first win? It's going to be difficult. As you mentioned, they're missing a, a couple offensive linemen in this game. Um, I think Minnesota's going to be able to get pressure on them. Um, I think I could see them having some success running the football, but I think it would be tough without a couple of offensive linemen in there. I have the Vikings win this game 28-20. I think the Lions find a way to keep this thing interesting. It's a division game. I think they keep this thing close. I think Goff you know, makes, enough, makes enough plays to kind of try to keep his team into it. But I, I think he's going to get sacked a few times. And I think without, without you know, because they're often the line, the lines, you know, when healthy, it hasn't been horrible. That's been like the strength of their team. So um, I just don't see him being able to do enough here against the Vikings to get a win. Got an AFC South matchup in Jackson. But we really, we really don't need to talk about the game. I think we both know the Titans are going to win. I, I, I got them winning at 31-16. And I, this was one of my best bets. And I think, Justin, you agree with me. I think the biggest story is the Urban Meyer thing. I think the Urban Meyer thing is disgraceful. It's despicable. I think he needs to be fired. How do you? How do you not? I mean, you had the inappropriate, you had the inappropriate video, but then how do you not uh, travel home on the team plane? That is, you're going to lose your locker room right there. I feel like Urban Meyer is now. I think he's now lost the Jaguars locker room. I, I think. I think if Jones and Brown play, it's going to be even worse this week. I think this is going to be a week where Urban Meyer very easily could get fired. I know he apologized to the team, but I think. He, I think. I think Urban Myers lost the locker room. And the sad part about it is I think I thought he was kind of regaining their trust. I mean, they were competitive against Arizona. They uh they uh they last week they they battled right to the end against Cincinnati. 
but I think he's starting. I think I think Meyer's starting to lose is, is starting to lose trust. Uh, I think this locker room is starting is, start, is not trusting Urban Meyer right now. And it all started with the strength coach he hired, which was a terrible hire. Brings in Tebow, and then this it's like strike one, strike two, strike three, and strike three means you're out. Urban Meyer should be out of a job after this game, and that's why I got the Titans beating the they got the Titans beating the Jaguars 31-16. Justin, I bet you agree. Yeah, I have. I had it originally 31-21, but after all this came out, after I texted you my score, I, I had this game out like 31-17. to uh, I think Jaguars are scoring some points, but yeah. Th- again, this is nothing new with Urban Meyer. College was kind of hidden because he was winning, and the boosters and you know, the admissions, they keep it hush-hush. Again, you know, you look at the guys he had at Florida the year with Tebow. T- you know, Tebow tried helping out you know, Aaron Hernandez down there. Tebow, after like a week, said, I – there's no, there's no help in this guy. You, you know, like, again, he, you know, he's had issues at Ohio State. He's had issues at Florida. This is nothing really new. It's just, it's been hush-hush. And I know the rumors are out there, the USC job. USC, I don't think USC's going to hire him. I don't think USC wants somebody. USC needs to keep their nose clean. Urban Meyer's not going to do that. So, Urban Meyer may want the USC job, but I, I don't see USC wanting him right now because, I, you know, I think it leads to them having – some more off the field issues. So it's, yeah, I think, Jay, I think he's urban Meyer has lost that locker room right now. And it sounded like after the meeting, um, you know, like they were kind of like laughing at him. like, like, again, I, I think they're, I don't, I don't know how he regains their trust. And, you know, he was kind of lying. Like one of the players too today said it was today or last night I saw, um, cause urban said he dressed the whole team yesterday. He said, no, the player said, no, um, he addressed us all in positional group meetings. Like he didn't address all of it. It, it was like all just positional guys. So uh, yeah, he's kind of lying. That's, you know, his nickname is, you know, urban liar. It just, Oh God. Yeah. It's bad. It's terrible. It's terrible. And it just showed you, he just was not, not, not ready for the, for the pro game. I thought he, the advantage he had was he would know the, the uh, t- college talent coming in. And so that would help him. But you know, his first round pick is instead of picking a defensive player when your defense is terrible, he takes Travis Etienne. And obviously the issue with the strength coach, then Tebow, and now this. And it's just, to me, I think after this week, it's over for him. It's over. I could see it. I really could. I, I you know, especially if they get beat and they're not competitive and it just looks bad. I, I really think so. And Jacksonville's not a uh, – and they go to London next week, so I don't think they want to carry all those problems, you know, because the, they're going to have to answer, pro, you know, answer what's going on over there. So it, it would look bad for the league, too, if this is what we're talking about when there's a football game going over there. So – yeah, I, I could really see this happening. Absolutely. I, I, com- I completely agree with you there. I, I completely agree. We, we have an NFC matchup in uh, Washington as the Saints take on the Washington football team. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm, I think it's going to be really close. I think, but I do think the difference in this game is going to be Alvin Kamara. Because I feel like Marshawn Lattimore didn't do a great job last week on Kenny Galladay. I mean, I don't know why Dennis Allen didn't have him traveling with Kenny Galladay, especially that late in the game. Who's that corner from Stanford? Who they have? Um, uh, all of, they had him. They had him on Galladay late in the game, and that and that on that third and seven, and Galladay had that huge play to get the Giants in field goal range. I feel like Lattimore though is gonna is gonna do a good job with containing Terry McLaurin. I feel like they're not. Uh, oh, Paulson good thanks, Jace. Yeah, we know Jace gets that knowing his yeah. knowing the Pac-12 there. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think they're gonna have. I think Lattimore is gonna do a good job containing McLaurin. I think they're gonna be able to 
contain the run game. I think the run defense, the run game is going to be the difference because I think they're going to be able to shut down uh, Antonio Gibson in the run game. And that's going to force, I think, a turnover from Taylor Heineke. And I do think Winston might turn the ball over, but I do think the, the Saints are going to run the ball better. And that's why I got the Saints winning this game. And that's why I got the Saints going to three and two, winning 23 to 17 over the Washington football team. But Justin, can Taylor Heineke outplay Jameis Winston for, for the Washington football team to get their third win? It's going to be difficult because of Washington defense. I think the Saints are going to put up some points. I had the Saints win this game 24 to 20. Um, I think, you know, the Saints have already forced a turnover. Heineke's really got to protect the ball. You mentioned, too, they've been great against the run, the Saints. So I, I think they're going to probably have to be one-dimensional. Um, and I think the Saints are going to be able to do enough to kind of slow that down and do enough. And I think Jameis Winston is going to make enough plays to knock off Taylor Heineke in this um yeah, our, the Saints are going to be able to knock off Washington and, and win this game. Um, I got 24-20. You know, I don't think Heineke can do enough. Got an NFC West matchup in uh, Arizona as the 49ers face the Cardinals. And the 49ers don't really know who's going to be starting at quarterback. They might not have Trent Williams. They might not have George Kittle. That's why I think the Cardinals win this game. And I think they win this game handedly. I think Kyler Murray is another big game. 49ers defense is good, but it's not what it was two years ago. I think the Cardinals get into the 30s. I think Trey Lance turns, if Trey Lance starts, turns the ball over once or twice. And I got the Cardinals going to 5 0, winning 30 to 17 over the Niners. And Justin, I know you got the Cardinals because it's one of your best bets. Yeah, Cardinals 30 to 20, as I mentioned. I just, yeah, who, I don't know who's playing quarterback. We saw Trey Lance isn't really healthy yet. Uh, Arizona right now is on fire. Murray's playing a, on a different level right now. I, I think San Francisco is going to have a hard time slowing them down, especially if it's Trey Lance out there playing. We got an interconference matchup in Vegas as the Raiders take on the Bears. And uh, right now, Matt Nagy, uh, they're, they're saying they prefer Justin Fields over over Andy Dalton. Who knows what's going on there with the quarterback situation? They got David Montgomery out. I do think the Bears defense keeps them in this game, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the better quarterback. I'm going to go with the Raiders to go to 4-1 and one and beat the Bears 20-13. to 13. But Justin, can the Bears defense carry them to an upset win? I can see it with their defense. If they can get enough pressure on Derek Carr like the Chargers did where he was just running for his life, I could see the Raiders having a chance to knock these, or the Bears having a chance to knock these guys off. Um, I picked the Raiders this game 24 to 17. Uh, they're certainly good enough defensively. Um, I think, you know, Joseph Fields going to be able to move the ball a bit. But again, they just still don't have a ton of talent around them. You know, I know last week the, the Lions have made so many mistakes in the red zone and just, you know, in general. And, you know, he looked, you know, he looked pretty good last week in a win. But uh, I think it's still kind of, again, I think the potential is there for Fields still. But, uh, I think the Bears defense keeps them in it, but I just don't think they, their offense could do enough still to be able to win this game. And I got the Raiders 24-17. Browns and Chargers, Justin, this is one of your best bets. You had the Chargers. No, 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 that's not yeah, my, yeah. one, one of my best bets. I had the Browns winning this game over the Chargers. Again, best roster in the league. And uh, when they're getting points, I'm taking them. And I think in this game, they're going to be able to run the ball in the Chargers. And I do think Herbert will play well, but I think the Browns defense, who's improved this year is going to make a big play at the end of this game for the Browns to go to four and one, but Justin can Justin Herbert continue to stay hot to give the chargers their third straight win. I'm going with the Chargers this game, 27 to 24. I think maybe, I think I may pick the game a little bit too high scoring, but I, I think, you know, I didn't really like what I saw. In, and I know they're dirty. The Browns, even the line reminds me of like that, the Niners defense line two years ago, they're just game wreckers. And I could really see them wrecking this game. 
and kind of, you know, w- winning on the road. But I just – Baker, last week, I thought missed way too many guys. Oh, Baker, was, a, all, ba- Baker yeah. was horrible last week. A lot of quarterbacks could be the quarterback of this team and win games. A lot of quarterbacks yeah. can. Baker right now, I know they're 3-1. and one. He's not proving that he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm taking it against him. I like Herbert right now better than, than – um, Thank Cleveland, and you know the one worry I have with this game for the Chargers is they've been outscored thirty-five to three in the, in the third quarter. Um, but I think this would be a huge test for the offensive line for the Chargers off of the line. I think they do enough, and I think Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, make enough plays for Justin Herbert, and I think the Chargers move the four and one. Yeah, yeah, I think that I, I don't think they're going to do it, but I could very easily see them doing it. We got the Sunday night game. Yes, we've talked about this is our best bets. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it. because we, but, but the Sunday night game, I feel like we got to talk about it again with the Bills and the Chiefs. The reason I think the Bills are going to win is they're going to learn from their mistakes. They're going to run it with Singletary. They're going to run it with Moss. I think they're going to get over 100 yards on the ground. I feel like Josh Allen's going to throw a couple touchdowns. And I think their defense is going to contain Patrick Mahomes. And that's obviously why I got the Bills going to 4-1 and one and getting a huge win. And if they can win this game, they're on, they're on track to be the number one seed in the AFC. If the, if the Chiefs lose this game, you know, you know for sure they're going to be going to Buffalo in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I got the Bills 34-31. I said it, you know, the, the Eagles had six trips to red zone last week. If the And no offense to the Eagles and Jalen Jalen Hurts, but if they're going six times, how are you going to slow down this Bills offense? I, I just don't see it. This Kansas City defense is getting, is getting uh, is worse than it has been the last few years. I know we've mentioned it, but, I, again, I just see Josh Allen making enough big plays. And, I, I, again, I think Bills defense can come up with a stop. You know, I trust them more than the Chiefs defense at the moment. I, yeah, I think they're – throw the ball, uh, do whatever they want offensively, 34-31 Bills. Monday night game with the uh, Ravens and the Colts. Uh, I think in this game, I think that the Ravens defense – the Colts offensive line has struggled so far this year with, with Quentin Nelson out and Eric Fisher not playing up to potential. I feel like that the Ravens defense is getting pressure on Carson Wentz for a couple of mistakes, and I think I'm going to go with the better quarterback. I think uh, – Lamar Jackson's going to make less mistakes in this game. I think it'll be a close competitive game because I think the Colts defense will play well. But I got the Ravens winning on Monday night. I got the Ravens beating the Colts 24-17. But, Justin, can the Colts defense and Carson Wentz carry them to their second straight win? It's going to be tough. I have Baltimore win this game 23-17. I think the Colts defense has slowed them down a bit. But I think think Lamar's going to make enough plays in this game to be able to carry them. Um, you know, the Colts are so banged up too right now that I just see it to a hard time being able to stop them. Um, and then on the offensive side with Carson Wentz, I, you know, I think they're going to be able to move the ball against, you know, again, Baltimore, they're, they're depleted right now, um, especially on the back end. So I think they'll score some point. The Colts, yeah, the Colts will score some points this game. I just don't think it's enough. And I think Lamar controls the ball long enough. And the, and that Ravens offense to kind of keep them off the Colts often off the field enough to win this game twenty three seventeen. All righty, we we got, we got a top ten top five matchup in college football. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. College football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network.
That is all four downs. Check them out every Thursday. Jace, Ovi, Sean. Jace, Ovi, and Sean will be breaking down week six of the college football season. So make sure you check that out Thursday night at seven o'clock. But we got to break that. We got we got to preview week six of the college football season, and we'll start with the Red River rivalry as number six Oklahoma faces number twenty one uh, Texas. I think Oklahoma is going to win how they've been winning all year, close and ugly. I think this is going to be a close, competitive, ugly game. I think B. John Robinson will get a decent amount of yards on the ground. I don't think he'll have a great game. I think Rattler will make plays, but I think he'll make mistakes. I think it's a close, competitive game, but I feel like Oklahoma's been pulling these games out all year, and I don't think it's going to be anything different on Sunday afternoon. I got Oklahoma winning 27-24 over Texas. But, Justin, can the Longhorns pull the upset and pretty much end Oklahoma's college football playoff hopes? There's a chance. The last seven regular season meetings, it's been a one-possession game. We saw that classic last year, the four-overtime game. Um, I thought Oklahoma looked better last week. I Again, they're nowhere near perfect of where we thought they were, but I thought Rattler played well, against, especially against the Blitz. Kansas State really took away the deep ball threat, and, and, and you know he kind of just took what the defense gave to him. And I think that's the way Texas is going to probably play their defense. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, you know, I, I think Spencer Rattler makes enough plays in this game. Um, yeah, they're no, you know, they're nowhere near perfect, but for Texas, I thought, you know, they put, I thought TCU had three turnovers. I thought TCU made a lot of mistakes. Texas took advantage and won the game, but I thought it was nowhere near close. If TCU kind of played a better game, Beaton Robinson had like 34 carries last week. Like, you know, I kind of worry about his workload if, if he's going to keep getting the ball that much, but Oklahoma is not allowed a rusher this so far to go over hundred yards rushing this year. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Deuce Vaughn killed him. He had like 100 receiving yards. Um, I think he only had like 75 rushing yards, but he killed him, uh, you know, on the screen game, the next Darren Sproles. But um, it, it, Casey Thompson, both their guys have been playing well for Texas, but I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think they're still the better team right now than Texas. I know Oklahoma has been struggling, but until somebody really knocks them off, Oklahoma is still the best team in the Big 12, and I think they find a way to get done Saturday afternoon. Two four and one teams in Columbus, Maryland, and Ohio State, and this should be a blowout. I think uh, CJ Strud is going to get the ball to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I think it's going to be a complete blowout. Two two of his brothers going to three through five interceptions last week. I think he throws a couple a couple this week. I got I got Ohio State win this game by thirty. I got to win this game. I'd say by 30, 35 points. I got Ohio State big over Maryland. Yeah, to me too. I got 45-20. Ohio State should win this game. Ohio State in the uh, six meetings, the last six meeting, I think they've won by a margin of it's 36 points. So it's this thing has the one close game was was that, that Dwayne, Has- Dwayne Haskins year, that overtime game against Maryland. I think it was the one yeah. time that game was close. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think Maryland's kept it close any other point in this in this in their time. I think Ohio State Ohio State's another team that's starting to really gain their footing. CJ Charles been playing well. The three running backs Ohio State has have been tearing it up. Tariq Williams, he's got four sacks in the Oregon game, the freshman defensive lineman. And Ohio State's got three pick sixes in three straight games. So I, I think Ohio State's starting to get it going here, and I think they should be all over Maryland. They Maryland really showed. They thought they missed a lot of tackles, too, against Iowa last week. Seven turnovers doesn't help you, but it, it, it was bad. And I think Maryland, I mean, Ohio State should blow them out big. We got a Big Ten matchup in Piscataway between Mich- undefeated Michigan State and uh, Rutgers, who has who has two losses now. But I think both these coaches have, are changing the cultures. Mel, Mel Tucker's done a really good job this year at Michigan State. Greg Schiano, Rutgers is not a pushover anymore, as you saw. They gave Michigan a game a couple weeks ago, and I think it's going to be the same, just like the Michigan game. This is going to be a close, competitive, low-scoring game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the new, number eleven team in the country, Michigan State, to stay undefeated, beating Rutgers. I'm going to say. 
20 to 17. Yeah, I got Michigan State as well, 28 to 20. I think they will keep it close, but Rutgers, you know, I know last week they 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 were out of the game early. They threw a pick six very early. It was 14 nothing, a blink of an eye, and then Ohio State made it 24 nothing. It, it was over pretty much by the first quarter. Rutgers didn't stand a chance. You know, they, they've been competitive. Rutgers, I like Shiano. I think he's gonna do. You know, he's gonna do another good job there, getting them somewhat competitive. Again, it's the Big Ten East. They're never gonna get to Indianapolis and play for the title, but. You know, they need to switch. Um, they need to switch. I know the travels. The travel is yeah. gonna. It would be tough, but they need to switch leagues. They need to switch leagues, Rutgers. They do, but it's they're they getting switch, sixty million dollars though. Yeah. Oh, you say switch divisions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They need to switch. They probably be that would help them with Shiano. They would be competitive yeah, yeah. In, in, in the other division. Oh, absolutely. They're probably like the third. They're probably better than half those teams over in the West. So yeah, they they probably have a chance right now. Nebraska's the best team over in that division right now. So. Um, Michigan State, they got the best player in the field, Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be able to rack up a lot of yards. Payton Thorson playing well at the Michigan State quarterback, 11 touchdowns, one interception. I think Rutgers does keep it close, but I'm going to trust Michigan State to go on the road and win this one. Revenge game, too. Rutgers did beat him last year, so your revenge game for the Sparties, for Spartans. We got a matchup of two teams that lost big last week to Georgia and Alabama. We got uh, Arkansas going to Ole Miss, and I think Ole Miss wins this game. I think Matt, they got the better quarterback with Matt Corral. They got the better head coach. I got Ole Miss winning this game by double digits, bouncing back after they lost to Alabama. I get Arkansas. Um, ooh, 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 yeah, ooh, I'm going Arkansas. Wow. wow. Again, Lane Kiffin really like scared me last. I feel like I feel like Arkansas is overrated. I think they're an overrated team. I think they yeah they beat Texas. I get it. And they did be Texas A&M with a backup quarterback, but I think they're overrated. I think Arkansas is overrated. I don't. I don't think. I think lose it by double digits. I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think they're overrated team, Arkansas, right now. Georgia. Georgia's a. Georgia's built like an NFL. Like that up front. That those front seven are going to be all NFL. The problem with Arkansas right now is that was a that was a matchup of men versus boys, and Arkansas just was not ready. Again, what Sam Pittman doing is unbelievable. I, I. I think this team's good. I think physically they're going to be able to hang in there with Ole Miss. I think they're going to be able to run all over Ole Miss. Again, I, I could not – I think the worst thing for Lane Kiffin was having that bye two weeks ago before Alabama because, again, he's just – I you know, they didn't really take any shots. Again, all the fourth down. He was playing He was playing a video game. Yeah, he's playing PlayStation. He not Never punting um, last week. But I like Arkansas. I think they're the better team. I think Arkansas defense is like Alabama. It's going to be stingy. Um, you know, I think they're going to be physical up front with Ole Miss. And I think I think Arkansas wins this game. I just I I can't trust. I, I thought Lane Kiffin was starting to kind of turn this thing around. It thought he learned his lesson, but not after last week. He just poked the bear, and I, I've fallen off that train. So I'm going to take Sam Pittman and go on the road and get a win, 35-31. You called NC State two weeks ago, so I I, I got confidence you that you'll call this one with Arkansas. Hey. But we got to get to a huge game in the SEC between Auburn and Georgia. Georgia heads to Auburn in a huge, huge game. I feel like Bo Nix, I know the LSU doesn't have Derek Stanley, but I feel like Bo Nix grew up last week. He was down nine in a hostile environment, and he came back and won that game at LSU. I, I, I feel I do, but this week the Georgia defense is just another animal. I feel like Nix will score, and Bo Nix will score some points. I do feel like uh, Auburn will cover because they're at home. But I, but I got Georgia because their defense is just too tough. Their defense is so good. Clearly the best defense in the country. That's why I got Georgia beating Auburn. I got them beating Auburn 27-14. to 14. But, Justin, can Bo Nix pull off a crazy upset at home? Could, he, could, he, could Bo Nix pull this upset? I don't think so. This Georgia defense is – they've only given up one touchdown all year on defense. Just one. That's crazy. The last, That's crazy. So 
And the last time they've had back-to-back shutouts in the SEC was 1980. The last time they won national championship. So these are in a – and I said this back in week one we were talking about, even though I picked Clemson week one, which I'm really regretting. But I said the one thing that's going to hold Georgia back from winning the national championship game this – their national championship this year is Kirby Smart. And it, and it, and it is. They, this team is so talented, and they're starting to get some of their offensive weapons back. So. Are they going to get Pickens back soon? I think they're hoping maybe November-ish, somewhere around yeah. there. Um, so that that will be huge for them if they can get him back by then. You know, a, again, I think they'll be okay till probably the colossal Alabama Georgia game in the SEC championship. Probably you know about two months, but um, I think twenty three seven Georgia. Bo has not turned the ball over yet. He, you know, yeah, he he played well last week on the road at LSU. LSU, I again, well, I know we'll get to them. I have a lot to say on the on the uh, Tigers, but. Yep. Yeah, I just don't think Bo is going to be able to do enough. This is just an absolute animal Georgia defense. I can't wait to Georgia Alabama at the SEC championship game. That that I can't wait because that that's what we have. That's these two teams they're, are just on a different level. They're clearly yeah, they're clearly the two best teams oh, in the yeah. country. Yeah, and you can pick you know after that it's it's pretty much a, a toss up between you know a, you know but you go through like Oregon you know Ohio State you know. Um, Penn State, Iowa, but yeah, I, I again, I Georgia's on a different level. No way Auburn really gets more than a touchdown in this game. Speaking of Penn State and Iowa, they play this week. Number three, Penn State goes to number four, Iowa. I think this is going to be a competitive game. I, I think I feel like a clash in styles. Iowa's going to want to run the football with Tyler with Tyler Goodson behind that offensive line, and uh, Penn State they'll, they'll want to run the ball, but they're definitely going to want to throw the ball too on that Iowa secondary Jay, with 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 Javon Dotson. Uh, with, with Javon Dotson, who's had a really, really good year with Parker Washington, they're going to want to throw the ball and with their and with their tight ends. I feel like this is a really, really close competitive game, but I do feel like, and this is what Penn State's got to do to win it, I feel like Penn State's going to contain the running game. They're going to get enough rushing yards, and I think the difference in this game is going to be Javon Dotson. I feel like Javon Dotson's going to make plays. He's going to be he's the best athlete on the field. I think he's going to make a, 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 I think he's going to have a couple touchdown, touchdowns in this game. From Sean Clifford, I feel like Sean Clifford has played really, really well this season. He played really well against Auburn. Didn't play great against Wisconsin, but he played really well against Auburn. I think he plays really well in this game, and I think he keeps Penn State undefeated. I think they win it twenty-four twenty. And and for and and, and Penn, Penn State, they need this game because they have. They, I mean, they, they both teams could afford to lose this game because it's not a divisional game. And if Penn State beats Ohio State they'd, and Michigan, they'd still be in the driver's seat to get to the Big Ten championship game, but. I, this is still a huge, huge game for both these teams. I think Penn, I think Iowa, if they win this game, they, they're going to go undefeated because that conference is not even close. To the, the, the West is not even close to the East in the Big Ten. So if, if Iowa wins this game, I think they're going to stay number three and go undefeated. And, and go undefeated, and they'll, they'll definitely be in the, in the Big Ten championship game. But I think this is a close competitive game, but I got my Nittany Lions beating Iowa 24-20. I got Iowa. I mean, Penn State twenty-one twenty. You so you don't think Scott Frost can pull it off on Black Friday, knocking off the uh, Hawkeyes? No, no, we shouldn't have a job, Scott Frost. Come on now, we'll get to that. Next. Be very interested to hear that pick coming up if we want to take in that game. But I think for Penn State, Sean Clifford's played well so far. If he has, if Penn State has more than two turnovers, no shot they win this game because I was, I was uh, turnover is plus twelve. Penn State's been good too at plus six, but. Iowa takes, you know, is really good at kind of capital. Their offense is great at capital hands off the short field. They did that a ton last week in Maryland. Um, they hit some big plays, you know, just because Maryland just could not tackle. Um, and I, I think Sean Clifford makes enough plays in this game. Yeah, I think Penn State, you know, um, 
they weren't great slowing down Auburn, but I thought they did enough because I thought, you know, again, Wisconsin kind of showed, but they've been showing to everybody they face so far. I, I, you know, and Penn State's been living the big plays too. They don't have to really worry about this against Iowa, but I think they make enough plays against Spencer uh, Petrus too. Um, again, he's not a guy that can throw for 350, 400, top built that way. So I think too, Penn State can get a lead and Iowa's got to throw the ball. They're not built like that, and I think he makes a couple mistakes, and Penn State wins this game. Yeah, I think the biggest key for Penn State is is they got to run the ball a little bit, and they got to contain the running game for Iowa. For Iowa, they got, they got to be able to run the football. I feel like if Iowa can't run the football, I know they're at home, but they're going to have a lot of problems winning this game. So Penn State, it's 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 a it's get the run game going and contain the run game of Iowa. For Iowa, they got to get the run game going completely because if if, if they can't, they're going to have trouble keeping up with Penn with, with Sean Clifford and Javon Dotson. Yeah, absolutely. They will. They, yeah, they, as you mentioned, they don't have the explosive weapons, you know, that's not really, you know, they don't recruit that way. They don't have those guys really much ever. So yeah, if Penn State could hit some big plays, they could protect the foot. I think protecting the football is a big, if Clifford does not make the mistakes and he really has it this year, he's been good. He's been a lot better, but yeah, if he makes those big mistakes, Penn State's in trouble. He doesn't. Yeah. Penn State should win this game. Biggest game of Sean Clifford's career. I know he, he was undefeated against Minnesota two years ago, but this is the biggest game of Sean Clifford's career. Yeah, no, it is. This this is this is a big one because I, I, you know, this would be a nice one to go on the road. Um, yeah, cause especially you got to go to Ohio State too. So, so it, it is. This is really. I think this shows too of this offense is really. It, it's it's changed. It's it's changed in that they fixed Sean Clifford and that he could be a good quarterback and you know be an elite level at the Big Ten level. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll go to another Big Ten game: Michigan and Nebraska. And here's what I don't. I can't figure out. Why is Michigan only a three-point favorite? This isn't 1997. I think Michigan's getting disrespected here, being a three-point favorite at Nebraska. Nebraska's not a good team. They lost to Illinois earlier in the season. Scott Frost, I feel like, is not is not a good coach. They're three and they're three and three. I know, I know, they almost beat Michigan State and they almost beat Oklahoma, but I, but I don't think I don't get why Michigan is only a three and a half. They should be at least a touchdown favorite in this game, and I think they win this game. And I think they win this game in double digits. I feel like Michigan's being disrespected. Jim Harbaugh's being disrespected. I'm going with the better coach team. I got Michigan by ten over Nebraska. I got Nebraska. I'm going the cross. Oh, 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 come on. Come yeah. on. Look, they've been playing better. He's starting to run the ball to Adrian Martinez. He's over – I think he's just under 400 rushing yeah, but, yards now. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, but can, you, can, you, can you run the ball with Adrian Martinez against Michigan's defense? you got to be able to throw – he's got to be able to throw the ball. And who's their running back? How's their running better. game? How's their running back? How's their running game? Uh, it's, it's okay. I think it doesn't know. Again – Nebraska's rushing defense. They've 56 carries in the last two games, only like 100, 108 yards. They, they're only averaging, they're only allowing like a, um, just over like a yard a game, so, or a yard per play. Um, so I think they can do enough. I think they're, Scott Frost, they're getting better. That's the thing. This team's getting better. Um, it's the special teams that have killed them. And that's what I'm worried about special teams. They, you know, like they gave up a late punt return um, in that game, but. You know, Mitch would say it caught it went to OT and all that, but again, I I don't I don't think Michigan's really they couldn't really run the ball. Um it, you know, last few weeks. Yeah, but but they beat up they, 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 they really they've had one close game all year, Michigan. It was the Rutgers game. They, they, yeah, they crushed but, Wisconsin, they crushed Washington. You've been down on Michigan all year. You picked them to lose to 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 Washington. Yeah, well, I thought Washington would be a lot better than they were, but yeah, I kind of fell for, for Washington there. But yeah, look, I, I don't, don't trust, I don't, uh, you know, 
again, they beat Wisconsin, but again, that kind of got lopsided. There's turnovers, you know, like short field. I, I, they haven't faced an offense yet in the top 60. Nebraska is. Like, they really haven't seen anybody offensively like this. I think their defense is good, but I think this is a different level. I really do think that this Nebraska team getting better. I think they're the second best team in the Big Ten West. And I know that's probably not seeing much with the state of the Big Ten West right now. But this team's getting better. They, they really are. I think Martinez is starting to play better. I'm going to take Nebraska at the home win. I, I, you know, and that's another thing, too, is you talk about the line. That's so fishy, too. It's it, They're telling they, – Vegas wants you to bet, bet Michigan. You know, and then that's usually what happened. Bet Michigan, Nebraska pulls the upset, and, you know, Vegas living that life. You know, that's usually what happens. I, I just think, you know, Nebraska's rushing defense does enough. I don't trust Caden McNair yet, even though he's played well. I just I haven't seen enough from him yet to really take him to go on the road on a Saturday night. And even without bad Nebraska Ben, you know that play is gonna be rocking Saturday night. As long, don't bring out the black shirt stuff. Don't don't do that again. Like <laughs> they did get to Illinois last year. They gave up forty five, but you know, I, I think they do enough their defense to win this game. We got an ACC matchup in Blacksburg as Notre Dame faces Virginia Tech. And I, I you know, if Virginia Tech could beat Sam Howell in North Carolina, I think they no, they're not an ACC matchup. My bad, my bad. It's 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 Notre Dame's well, on the ACC this year. Yeah, technically they're part of the ACC, but I guess I know, not an actual conference game. But yeah, that was that was my bad there, not my bad there. But I think if Virginia Tech could beat uh, North Carolina, I think they could beat Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's QB play is not QB play is not good. They faced a good defense in Cincinnati. Jack Cohen struggled. I think they played another good defense in Virginia Tech. I think he struggles again. And I'm going with the Hokies. I'm going with the Hokies to get the upset and Notre Dame to get their second loss. But Justin, can Brian Kelly's team rebound this week? It's going to be tough. I heard it's going to be very sloppy this whole week down in Blasburg. It's supposed to be raining Saturday, so uh, that it's a grass field, so it's going to be sloppy. And it, in one of those type of games with all the rain, you got to take the more athletic quarterback, and that's Braxton uh, Bearmeister with Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, I think he do enough with his legs. Again, Virginia Tech's offense stroke. They scored 14 offense points in Richmond, and they, they, they only scored 21 points. They had a punt return for touchdown as well. So they, their offense is really struggling right now. Um, they've coming off a bye, like every team seems like Notre Dame's got a face coming off a bye, but I think Barry Meister does enough plays with his legs. Jack Cohen, um, it's up in the air right now. Drew Pine played well coming off the bench on in the second half. Uh, but if it's raining, like it's going to be Virginia Tech on a Saturday night, um, one of my favorite entrances in college football. Oh, I oh just, sand, sandstorm, awesome, awesome. Uh, and it's great. Awesome, so, awesome. I, I can't bet – I can't take – Bet against them here on a Saturday night. I'm going to take the Hokies to get this win. Big win for uh, Justin Fuente, too. This would be huge for him to keep his job. We got an SEC matchup in Lexington as uh, LSU faces Kentucky. And I know LSU is without Derek Stingley. And I know Kentucky's undefeated. But I just think LSU is the better team. I know Coach O is probably one of the worst coaches to win a national title. But I do think LSU is the better team. Will Levis, I know they won last week, but only completed seven passes. He went seven for 17. He threw for under 100 yards. Uh, their defense and their special teams were a big reason why Kentucky won that game. So I'm going LSU close and a close, low scoring game. I'm going LSU. But Justin, can Kentucky be undefeated going into the Georgia game next week? I think they will. Now I'm very worried. Kentucky's coming off their biggest win in probably 36 years now going to Florida. But LSU, I just it's effort. It, it really is. It's effort. Uh, back end, they just they can't stop anybody. They can't tackle. I think Chris Rodriguez, the Kentucky running back, runs for 200 yards plus. I. I a LSU right now just they they're not physical from either side. They cannot run the ball at all. I think they're averaging like 
just over two yards of carry. And that's on LSU. And they're asking Max Johnson, who's been playing really well, but they're asking him to do too much. They haven't been great in the red zone. Again, the loose, uh, the loose air tonight when they kind of control most of that game the first half, to lose the way they did at home against Auburn, Saturday night game, it, that's valid. Like, they don't blow games like that. It's effort. And I'm very concerned about that LSU team. You know, that hot seat. He's being investigated too. Um, so that, that you know, that seat's even warmer. And I'll, I'll but for Kentucky, I think Will Levis does enough. I think they're going to be able to run the ball over LSU. I just think this team's kind of, I, I don't want to say quit because I don't think they've quit on him yet. But the but their effort is just it's just pathetic. And I, I just I can't, you know, I can't see them winning this game on the road. Even though we're Kentucky's coming off a big win. Um I just can't see. And then actually I'll tell you all your schedule of how difficult they do not win this game of how bad things could get. So they have Florida at home next week. Wow. Then at Ole Miss, Ooh. then a bye before going to Alabama, Arkansas oh at home. Wow. They beat they should beat Monroe and then Texas AM at home, which they should get their starting quarterback by the last week of the year. So they lose this game. I don't know if they, I think they get the five wins max. Maybe yeah, six. they might not they might not make a bowl game. No. No, I would not be shocked. That, that's why I, I this this is a huge game for Edward John and, and his team. And I I I just don't see it. I don't like the I don't like I don't like the way they're playing. And I'm gonna that's why I'm going with the Wildcats. Things are going to get out of control in Baton Rouge very soon. We got Alabama facing Texas A&M a Saturday night. I don't know why CBS picked this game as the late game. I think Alabama wins this game by four, four or five scores. I think they win big over Texas A&M. Justin, you probably agree. Yeah, they yeah they really regret putting this game on national TV. A&M, they want to run the football, but they can't do that. Zach Cal, Calzara, again, just – He's not a very good quarterback. Again, he has no time. Alabama should blow them up at the line of scrimmage. Um, Alabama, 31 points in 31 consecutive games. That should move to 32 straight. Um, you know, they invested a couple stars in the back end. So, I, you know, in secondary. But I just – I have Alabama win this game like 35 to 13. I just don't see it. And Jimbo Fitcher already got an extension. But, it, again, it's getting very uh, – they're not happy right now because – um, I think so. Jimbo now is twenty eight and twelve through his first forty, and Kevin Sumlin was twenty nine and eleven. So Kevin Sumlin had a better record through his first forty games, and Jimbo got the extension. So Jimbo's a very good coach, but it ain't it ain't going very well so far at Texas A and M. They just you know um, just not there. They they're gonna have some problems Saturday night. Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. But that's going to wrap it up for Sports Talk with R&J. For our producer, Jace Garcia, did a great job. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the baseball playoffs, week six in the NFL season, and week seven in the college football season. Have a great weekend, everybody.
is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. Find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com.